Welcome into Between the Pylons. I'm John Camacho. This is Jacob Waters. And I'm talking like this because I'm hard and shit. Bro, it's hotter than a motherfucker down here. It's hotter than a motherfucker down here. Give me some of that. And we just took shots. So, just to uh, keep everybody on the same page here on why we're doing the shots. Now, last week, at the very end of the show, we we were struggling. We needed to have our shot bet. We have a shot bet every week. We believe it brings the show alive. And we didn't come up with anything organically, so we were coming up with the last second. And I said, and your boy Tannehill to have more fantasy points than Josh Allen because there was a Tuesday night game, if, if you guys remember last week. And I even gave him points on Josh Allen, right? So so he would he would get a couple extra points. Didn't need him. Tannehill outright beat him. He Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good. He had to take the three. I just took two. You want to know why? I don't fucking know why either. No, we do know why. <laughs> Florida State oh, yeah, had an yeah, incredible right. win over a Power 5 team, a top 5 team in the country You're in North right. Carolina, and that's why you did that shot. That's I, what I was Now, saying. we always do one shot, and then we do. I did an extra shot for Florida State, but really just because we're Jacob not even going to We're let's not going to bring up the off-camera yeah. three shots that each of yeah, us let's, did. Yeah, let's talk about all the extra shots I did. I did two shots guys. because of the dumb shit rule that we have every time for every Sunday night game or Monday night game, whatever Today it was. Today is a blitz podcast. Uh, yeah, we're good. We're Good. We're feeling good. Uh, we have a lot of great stuff to talk about today. All right, so we're going to talk about some of the bigger news. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Atlanta news we're going to get to. And then the <laughs> the majority... <laughs> Sorry, it wasn't funny. <laughs> then the uh, the majority of the show is going to be a, a buy-sell segment. We have four buy-sell questions. Uh, he came up with two, I came up with two, that we're going to bring to the show, and we're going to talk about... Then we will end it with our picks of the week, and uh, we I have some uh, explaining to do. Last week yeah. I bragged pretty hard, said, "Man, we've been doing great." Our seventy five percent success rate just went down to sixty six percent because we went zero and two last week. We went zero yeah, and two we, last we week. We had the Eagles Ravens, and I was watching the game, feeling really good about we it. We were good on it for the first three and a half quarters, and then we Carson Wentz had a late touchdown. You know it. We were work out. we were right, but a late touchdown screwed it up. That is what it is. It happens, and we'll come clean. Dead wrong about Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> Fucking dead wrong. Dead Listen, wrong. I, I have always fought against this narrative that just because a team fires their coach, they're going to win the next week. I think it's kind of an overblown narrative. But shit, I've been wrong this year a lot on that yeah. on that same narrative. Houston I'm going to have to believe in it. Exactly. <laughs> I'm going to have to you believe in it from now on, man. Week, man. I don't I don't know what it is about it, but there there it is. All right, so we got to talk about the obvious thing: the elephant in the room. Yeah, Le'Veon Bell. Now, this is a guy we've talked about a lot. God, it's so fucking hot. Jesus Christ. I'm not wearing a, uh, a, a jersey because I couldn't. It's so hot as hell. We're in the basement. Grandpa doesn't have the AC on. It's a whole thing. All right, whatever. Um, Le'Veon Bell gets uh, cut by the Jets. Obviously, nobody signs him off waivers because why would you? That contract was ridiculous. And the Chiefs pick him up. What do you make of this? I mean, fantasy-wise, I don't think it could it can get any worse than the Jets. That's how low I had Adam Gase in my book. Adam Gase was inept when it came to being able to utilize his talent. Lev Bell going to the Chiefs, yeah, Clyde Edwards owners. I'm sure you probably had a really hard week and you weren't sure whether to, whether to sell him, sell Clyde for what you could, or hold on to him. Clyde just had a great week um, last night. I mean, 135 yards, it was amazing. He was kind of playing angry. But Lev Bell is coming to the Chiefs. Andy Reid came out and said that, you know, we don't deny good talent, and he is good talent. And I think it's another fold for real life on field. It's going to be great for the Chiefs. Oh, absolutely. Fantasy wise, I think it hurts. It obviously it, it definitely hurts Clyde. hurts Clyde. Yeah. I think it helps Lev just because 
like I said, I don't, I, I don't. I, it couldn't in my, get much in my worse. Head, it couldn't get worse. Yeah, it couldn't get any. They worse. were running a thirty-six-year-old Frank Gore more than Lev, Le'Veon yeah. Bell. So I mean, in my book, Lev Lev's on the rise, Clyde's on the fall yeah. for now. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And, you know, I look at this in a couple different ways. First of all, I, I do think the Jets are 100% tanking for Tra- Trevor at this point. Uh, I think that's the only reason they don't fire Adam Gase. They don't want to risk having that that next season or that next week boost. Uh, if you keep Adam Gase in there, you're going to lose every game this year. I really believe that at this point, man. Uh, so I, I think that's the only reason they're keeping Adam Gase. I think that's probably the biggest reason they traded Le'Veon, obviously to avoid the big contract and everything. That makes sense. Uh, they're, that contract never should have happened to begin with uh, him going to the Chiefs, I'm not gonna lie, man. I have a lot of uh, I love a lot of Clyde Edwards Lair, uh, you know, s- shares. I did a video on on our podcast or on a YouTube channel talking about you know how good I thought uh, CH was gonna be. Now this is preseason, and to be honest, he, he's underperformed based on my lofty expectations. But he's still been very very good for fantasy. And you know, people kind of got on there and was like, oh, it's you know, you know, this is a terrible take or whatever. Well, you know, I didn't know Le'Veon Bell was gonna be there anyway. Um, I, I do think this this kills this kills kills Clyde. I feel like, but I also don't think this is like amazing for Lev either. This is going to be a split backfield. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. You know, it's going to be great for the Chiefs in football terms. Uh, I think Clyde still gets probably ten to twelve carries a week, or let me, let me rephrase that: ten to twelve touches a week. So the value isn't isn't necessarily gone, but he goes from being an RB one, RB two every single week essentially to you know rb2 rb3 and you know you're gonna have those weeks where he puts up three points and you're just gonna have to live with that here and there uh i don't know I, if I, I am a clyde edwards slayer owner i'm not trading because i don't think the value's there right now and if i find somebody just completely you know uh just just trying to give away clyde i would make a trade for him you know yeah. I, it wouldn't be anything crazy but like an hour an hour league you know we have we're in a keeper league you know, I floated an offer to see if I could get CEH. He was drafted in the first round in our keeper league. You know, obviously the value this year isn't insane, but if I could get him for free and have him next year and, and you know, you know beyond, I feel okay with that, you know, just to see. It obviously didn't work out, but, you know, that, that is what it is. Well, I get it because dynasty owners don't panic. Lev is on a oh, one-year deal right now. It's kind of a show-yourself, prove-yourself kind of thing. We know Lev has it. Andy Reid is going to bring the best out in Lev on the field, but – you still have Patrick Mahomes. Yep. You still have Tyreek Hill. You still have Travis Kelsey. All of these other weapons are going to get used. Yep. And it just so happened last night was the Clyde Edwards show because the elements were in, in play. I mean, it, yep. it was horrible weather on the field. It was windy. It was rainy. Mahomes kind of was, you know, struggling and, with the wet ball early on. I mean, it just, and, and let's be honest, the Bills, uh, Achilles Hill, their weakness right now is they can't really stop the run. And against yeah, so, the Chiefs, so play to it. Yeah, and they're, they're well. Really, they have two weaknesses, right? Their their corners are not fast. Like they're they're all four four five and lower guys as far as speed. So you're going up against the Chiefs that are known for their speed. So they have to account for that. So they can't afford to put an extra guy in the box to stop Clyde. So it was excuse me. It was one of those situations where it's either damned if you do, damned if you don't. And you know, I talked about this a lot on the uh, Hammercast show that we did on Wednesday, where it's like this week was going to be a bad week for the Bills because the matchup was so so terrible the the chiefs can run the ball through down the you know down your gut for four quarters if they want to and they can throw it over your top so so the bills were in a bad spot where they couldn't stop both things yeah it was just a bad situation obviously the chiefs just decided rainy day let's just run it down your throat and we'll we'll get out here with a dub and that's exactly what they did moving forward i'm not nervous about the bills too much i feel like they're on two two lose uh, streak against the titans and the and the chiefs and people are going to over over uh, exaggerate a little bit. I just want to put that out there. Don't worry about the Bills. We kind of knew this. Obviously, we didn't know if the Bills were going to be the Titans, but 
that wasn't a great matchup, obviously, against Derrick Henry. And then now this was a terrible matchup for him. So don't don't overreact, Bills fans. Don't overreact, fantasy owners. Uh, moving forward, I think the Bills will be fine. I think the only area that you really have to look at for the Bills is the running game. Yeah, I, I'm worried about because I'm a big That's owner. good. I, I have Devin Singletary. I have Zach Moss as well. Yeah. Complimentary thing, I thought. No, neither one is kind of the guy that you want to start. Now, now, are you talking for fantasy or are you talking for football? Talking fantasy. Okay. Talking fantasy right now. Devin okay. Singletary is one of those guys where if you have him, I don't know if you could sell him for much. No. He's a must start because of the offense and the way that it's played, but they just refuse to use him in the way that I keep thinking that he should be used. Unfortunately, the, the real thing is, is when Zach Moss wasn't in the lineup, right? For the past couple yeah. of weeks, Zach Moss has been hurt. Singletary was a uh, running back two, right? Like a fringe yeah, running, running back one. A but fringe but, running back two, I would but, say. Yeah, okay. So, so that he was kind of his... He 20 points yet. Yeah, so that was his floor and ceiling. You know, it wasn't great. Now with Zach Moss there, that just, that undercuts it. Yeah, you probably over... If you have Zach Moss, if you have Devin Singletary, you probably overpaid for him. That That's just yeah. the, that's the short and long of it. I have Zach, I have uh, Singletary. I got him in the third round in one league and I thought that was awesome before the season like man what about the value there and you know it just didn't work out it is what it is that that's going to happen with some of these younger guys where you don't know where they're going to go with it honestly I, I think in general the run game has not been impressive I like Singletary here and there and I really don't blame you know Singletary the running back but I do kind of blame the offensive line and maybe even the play calling where it seems like they want to run the same uh, you know inside zone run play, that, run play every it is, it single fucking so play scripted. it feels yeah, like you're I'm a second, and si- that. second and six and you know it's the inside run yeah. where the guard pulls and he's exactly. going to get it just kind of feels like they're not really mixing up their play calling well and they're it's like okay we got to run just for the sake of running to keep our yeah. run pass you know ratio pretty equal yeah. and then Josh Allen takes it and makes great plays Josh Allen has had a two week skid I would say the Titans it was a it was a bad matchup he didn't play a good game I can own up to that one and say he just wasn't good last night the elements did play a huge factor and yeah. it was one of the things where the Chiefs when they jump up on you like that and they're able to to spy Josh Allen and then watch Stephon Diggs. The Chiefs defense is built for that. They're, exactly. They, they, the Chiefs are so smart. Bienemy and and not Benemy's offensive coordinator, but but the the organization is sm- so smart the way they've built their team over the past three years, right? Past three years they've known they've had Patrick Mahomes. They've known they've had a very powerful offense. So they've they've scripted their defense in a way to where they can st- they they went from having a really bad cornerback group and defensive back group to where now it's really fucking good. And and all they have to do is get up on you and it's just it's a stranglehold hold. They their defense is built to where if they are in in the lead, you're not coming back. I mean, and it's that's just the one problem of with things. the Chiefs. Even if you're up, you still got to be worried yeah, because that's, that's where the offense is. That's why they're so fucking good. That they're, right there is they're why still my good. Super Bowl pick because of it. I yeah. absolutely agree. I, I couldn't agree more. All right, let's move on to something you kind of brought to my attention last night, and I kind of did some more research. And now, I'm like, it's funny because we actually mentioned this two weeks ago, and now it's and now it's coming to fruition. That it's funny how we do that pretty pretty frequently on the yeah. show. Uh, but I'll, I'll let you take it away with this Falcons news. Well, the Falcons are openly shopping Matt Ryan and Julio Jones, and this is. This is coming from the Dan Quinn and GM firing, and Ar- the owner, Arthur Blank, has come out and said that, you know, they're not certain which direction they want to go. They're keeping all their options open, and, I mean, there there's a good possibility that we could see Matt Ryan and Julio Jones traded before we, the Week 8 deadline, Week yeah. 9 deadline, whatever it is. 
I think it's week eight. But yeah, no, I absolutely agree. So here's my thing, and this is my take on it. I don't think that's going to happen. Julio is probably more likely than, uh, than obviously, Matt Ryan. I, I don't expect that trade to happen with Matt Ryan. Uh, but either way, I, I think this is one of those situations where, yeah, we, we talked about the possibility of going into 2021 season with them not having these pieces. And I thought that the offseason trade feels way more likely, right? Of course. It, it feels so likely for me to wake up, you know, uh, <laughs> wake up in the morning to, to a notification that says Matt Ryan is gone, to a notification that says Julio Jones is gone, that Atlanta is just totally bailing on this. And granted, let's be honest, Atlanta's probably right now has a top, what, five uh, pick, probably going to have a top. 10 pick by the end of the year uh, no matter how this kind of plays out they have they play in a tough conference and a tough division it's going to be it's going to be tough sledding all the way down uh, to, to the end so yeah they're, they're going to be in position to replace Matt Ryan fairly easily they already have the pieces to replace uh, Julio Jones not replace him because Julio Jones is an, a legend Calvin Ridley is ready to step up in but the, yeah, yeah I'm saying, I'm saying you know, exactly with without Julio Jones they'll be fine they're not going to be the team that has Julio Jones, but they'll be fine. Um, so, but the thing is, we talked about this two weeks ago, and we we circled the uh, the Indianapolis Colts as a team that that like, man, what could they do with a Matt Ryan? They, what they could, could, and, and yeah, we didn't mention Julio Jones because I don't think that was really where we were going with that particular conversation. But man, if, if uh, the Colts if, if are one of those teams that say, man. You're looking to trade Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. I'll give you a first and a third because these guys are older players, and you're probably going to get a little bit of a discount for them. But first and third is still top, you know, top dollar. We'll give you a first and a third, which is in the twenties and on and both picks or both rounds, and, and we'll replace our very very shaky Philip Rivers with a Matt Ryan who who's still a very good quarterback, puts up great numbers, and a Julio Jones who would complete this wide receiver core that is desperately in need of an outside the outside threat. No, crazy? I completely agree with you. And if I'm the Falcons and our owner, Arthur Blank, why not? Yeah. Because you're, so your records, your records washed, you know, you've already, you've already set up an interim head coach and it's, you know, you know, I like Morris. Gonna be. I like Morris a lot, but, but as far as I this like season, him, but as far, like yeah. you said, as far as the season goes, it's one of those things where me looking outside in, why push? Yeah. Why end up scrapping these wins and getting all these dog fights to like seven and nine? Yeah, well, they're not even going to get there. Six they're, and ten, five and eleven, regardless. They're a four or five one team. Why do that? Because you're going to hurt your draft stock. And right now, if if I'm playing Madden and I'm going to get rid of my guys to look for the future, I'm going to get rid of Matt Ryan. I'm going to get rid of Julio. Thank you guys. Lifelong career. Love you to death. Many fans adore you. Get rid of you. Yeah. We're going to win two or three games, and then we're going to draft a quarterback, and then we're going to be able to draft so-and-so. You already have your receiver core set. That defensive side of the ball needs a lot of help. You can do that later on in the rounds. But, I mean, it makes sense. They, they need a lot of help. The, the, at the end of the they day, do. this is a team that they missed their window. They they put all their eggs in the Dan Quinn basket, and it didn't pay off. And it looked like it was going to pay off when they went to the Super Bowl, but let's face it, that was a Kyle Shanahan Super Bowl. And it, it didn't pay off, obviously, because of the comeback, and, and we know about that. But at the end of the day, this team has had a couple playoff uh, – uh, this you know core team that we're looking at right now, anyway, yeah. has had a couple playoff uh, you know appearances and a Super Bowl appearance. Other than that, 
the push, the big grand push to to get there and get over the top and get their first franchise Super Bowl. It didn't work out. Now you kind of have to scrap it. Now you have to start from the beginning, and it and it sucks for Atlanta fans and it sucks for for these you know legendary players because that's what they are. They're legendary players. Matt Ryan is now in the same conversation that Phil Rivers has been in for the past five years. It's fringe where, Hall of Famer. Are you a Hall of Famer? I don't know if you're a Hall of Famer. Maybe you're a Hall of Famer. You never got the ring. Um, and you know, Phil Rivers never even got there. And it's like, man, you had a lot of good teams. You know, you never got the ring, but you won a lot of games. That's where Matt Ryan is now, right? Like, those are the conversations you're going to I have. give it to Matt Ryan. And I don't hate you for it. I don't, MVP, I don't disagree with you. That, that's yeah, where I live. Of course, yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I, I don't give it to Matt Ryan personally because I think – I, I don't know, I, I but that's not a conversation I want to have right now. I yeah. personally wouldn't give it to Matt Ryan, but I don't hate you for saying it, you would. And then obviously you have Julio Jones, which we both agree is a top three wide receiver to ever play the game. At this point, you know, the, the, the legacy that he's put on, maybe not right now in, in the year 2020, but as a career, as a player, yeah, he's been amazing. He's been absolutely insane. He has. Yeah, so, so it's unfortunate that this team, that this nucleus never got there. But at this point, it's time. It's time to tear down and build up. Look at the Dolphins right now. They're in year two of their of their uh, of their rebuild, and they're looking better. And it's not perfect, but they were able to replace their coach. They were able to get some young talent in there. They were able to infuse this team with a with a team that doesn't yet know how to win. But they're in. They're going in the right direction, and that could be Atlanta in a couple years. Like as a fan base, would you rather be a Dolphins fan or an Atlanta fan right now? Yeah, no, I mean, when you're when you're looking at it, you have Matt Ryan, you have Julio Jones, you have Calvin Ridley, you have Todd Gurley, you have some promising pieces on the offensive line. But at the end of the day, in that division, yeah. are you the Saints? No, never. Are you the Buccaneers right no. now? You're not even the Panthers. The Panthers are in a better spot, in my opinion. Am I crazy for saying that? They're, when, they're in a better when, spot. When you look at age... Yeah, the Falcons have a two to three year window right now. And it's I would, over. I it's not. Say, no, they're, it's over. It's not even a window. No, no, it's over because they're not legitimately going to compete for. They a haven't Super Bowl. been good. They haven't been they're, good. In they're two not years. the Seattle Seahawks of the league. They're not the Chiefs. They're not the they're Packers. Nowhere near, they're nowhere near that. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're not good. They have pieces. They have big names, but but their defense is absolutely in shambles. They're not going to be good enough to to win more than seven games in any given season. And we knew that a year and a half ago, two years ago. So sell now sell while now. you still have. Out. I would say Julio Jones is still in his the end of his prime. Yeah, I don't I, I, you might disagree. I don't think he's, he's in his, I don't think he's in his prime. I I think he is one of those legendary players that even though he's not in his prime, he's still among the top 20 player top 20 wide receivers in the league. That's kind of where I'm and, at. With and that. top 20 warrants a good pick. I, I think a second round pick for Julio is a steal. Yeah, I don't think you'd get it now just because of the contract and the age, but I, I think a third, you know, I, I still think I know, there's it's value. Just, it's mind-boggling to me to think of a guy like Julio Jones, how good he is. The week that he just had, and I'm not, like, don't look at just the week as in why you should trade for him that much. Maybe the performance level, yeah. he still has it. I, I I do agree with you in the sense that like I keep I keep circling the Colts because the Colts feel like that team, their defense is there, their their running game is obviously very good, their wide receiver core is taking a hit and it's Offensive not very good right good. now. And, and if Matt Ryan or excuse me, if if Phil Rivers can just manage the game they can be a contender like that's how good the rest of their pieces are so for that team is it worth a second round pick to really make a push this year maybe yeah you're right and they might be and i look at other teams like that like like uh, this would i don't think this would ever happen but the saints are in the same spot where it's like we want to make a push we know we have a good offensive line we know we have an okay defense line banged up right now but they'll get healthy it's not you know it's not terrible uh, can if they can get a legit receiver on the outside, obviously with Matt with 
uh, with a Michael Thomas hurt, if you could bring Michael Thomas back and have Julio, think about how fucking ridiculous that team would be. And yeah. it's like I'm, I'm looking at teams that are contenders but are a piece away and might be a wide receiver away. That's that's kind of where I'm looking. That's where I'm leaning. 49ers might even be interested in that kind of that kind of deal. Man, I'm gonna throw a I'm gonna throw a fucking curveball at you, and I know you're probably just gonna check on it and not hit on it because mm-hmm. you don't want it. Cleveland Browns. No. We, listen, we have a lot no. of Baker Mayfield talk, and I'm a huge Baker Mayfield fan. Yeah. But it is time to acknowledge that it just isn't working. It isn't. Oh, are you talking for Matt Ryan? Yes. Are you talking, for okay, Matt okay, Ryan. okay, okay, okay. I'm sorry, I, I misunderstood what you're saying. Oh I got you. no, Julio. I thought you were saying Julio. I was like, come no, on, that's no, not no, the, no, that's no, not no. the move. <laughs> no, they're, they're fine in that department. Okay, I'm saying you, you have Baker Mayfield, Case Keenum, but you have all these other pieces. You have a really solid offensive line. Yeah. You dedicated your offseason. You dedicated your draft to acknowledging the fact that you have a pretty bad offensive line. Let's build that area up. And now Baker is still coming out, and it's just not hitting. I, I, I think, and this is why I'd, I wouldn't do that. One, because Matt Ryan would still take a couple weeks, a month, to to really get into the swing of the offense. Of course. That's why I don't think trading for the quarterback. It, like Matt Ryan doesn't hold a lot of value for a lot of teams right now at this point in the season. You don't it's an off-season move. move, exactly. So, so for, for them to say, oh, we want a Matt Ryan, well, you know, Baker Mayfield can make every throw Matt Ryan can make. Obviously, Matt Ryan's definitely the he's the better player right now, I would say. But and then Baker Mayfield has more athletic ability than Matt Ryan. So I, I don't see that. I, I would think that the Browns are in this situation. You got to think this is a first-year head coach that has to think he has three years. Um, they have a good offense all, all together. And if, if Baker isn't the guy, which it is leaning towards that not being the case, Baker doesn't seem like he's going to be – the superstar that I think a it lot of Browns fans thought he was going to be. I genuinely like Baker Mayfield and the energy that he plays with. Yeah. But man, at, at the I end of know. the day, if your number one trait is that you are a great leader and that you're you're a great motivator, that's not going to get that's not enough to get it done. You still have to perform on the field. That's and maybe that's a harsh thing to say to Baker. I, I get because I get the love for Baker. I want Baker to prove uh, what's his face wrong. That's been talking shit about him for all those years. Like I, I, I Colin Cowherd. God, that's who that was Colin. That's who Thank it you. Is. Yeah. I, I want Baker to be good. I really do. I want the Browns to be good because I think the NFL would be better for it, and I would love to see that story. And I loved, like, I still remember where I was when I was watching that Thursday night game where where Baker, you know, came alive uh, and, and beat the Jets that that week and on Thursday night. Like, I remember the bar I was in. I, I remember being hype about it. I remember watching how excited the fans were to finally get a win after three seasons. It had been three seasons yeah. since they won. Um, Very loyal fan base. Yeah, so, so you have to love that. I love Baker, but I agree. I don't think Baker's the guy. I do think the Browns should should play out the year with him, see if he can improve. Because if he can prove and have a good five or six game, you know, run down the stretch, even if they're not like a playoff contender or a legitimate contender in in the AFC this year. If you can get five or six consecutive weeks of good Baker Mayfield play, you have to go into the offseason feeling confident. And that can still happen. Well, and let's not let's also not freak out. They're the Browns are four and two right now. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. They just got crushed by this, the Steelers, and they haven't beaten anybody impressive. That's the only thing about them. Except for they did beat the Colts, but, you know. It just depends on which which week of Phillip Rivers you get there. So exactly. The, the whole point being is that there is a lot of Baker Mayfield critics coming out right now and saying, you know, every other aspect of your offense. And it is true. It looks good. Insane, every yeah. other aspect of your offense. Yep. But once again, we still are in a point where – I, I feel bad. Kevin Stefanski is a new coach. Yeah. Baker has had two years, three years since he's been in the league. Every single year has been a different face, a different offense, a different thing. It's tough, yeah. And, and, and it sucks, man, because I, I see the flashes. I see the, the hype behind Baker, but there are times where it looks like he's in his own head, where it's like, 
I got Odell. I got to use Odell, right? Yeah. I mean, it just feels like he's tunnel vision looking at it, and then it doesn't work out. And fantasy owners, I'm an Odell owner myself, pretty frustrated right now. And it's just, you don't know what to do with him. Yeah, I, I said a couple of weeks ago, I, I do think Odell is the next Amari Cooper right now as far as, like, he's going to have those blow-up games. I think he's good for one more, like, 40-point week. It's going to happen. I almost guarantee it'll happen at some point the rest of the season. But he's going to have those, you know, disappear game, disappearing acts as well. Like so that's just unfortunate. five-point week. Yeah, yeah, that's that's going to happen. And that happens with every wide receiver. Like, every wide receiver is good for a couple, like, five, you know, team, team, really good wide receivers get targeted by defenses and they get shut down. It happens. Yeah, so that's going to happen in every, you know, for every player in every week the true greats like i mean michael thomas is one of the rare exemptions where i can think like i can't really think of the last like bad game he had uh, that he wasn't hurt um but yeah no i, I get what you're saying let me ask you this and this is just another team we're kind of going back to the the old you know model model that we've had the past couple of podcasts where we just kind of do the forum and i'm totally fine with that but i want to ask you about uh, uh sam darnold same same draft yeah. cast the next quarterback draft if, if you guys don't remember this was Baker Mayfield was the surprise, not the surprise pick. He was the pick that was rumored for like 24 hours before the the, the actual pick. And I remember us like being together and be, yeah. me saying there's no way they'll draft Baker Mayfield over Sam Darnold or or, uh, or uh, Josh Allen. Like I didn't think there was a fucking chance that Baker Mayfield was the first quarterback taken in the draft. Obviously, I was wrong. So it goes Baker Mayfield, then the Giants take uh, Saquon, and then the Jets, who had traded up from six to three, take Sam Darnold. What about Sam Darnold right now? Yeah, it was an awesome draft that year, too. It was a fun-ass draft, yeah. We just had no idea where it was going to go. Well, it was, and you know, people forget, but it was like, it was it was Baker, it was Sam, it was Josh Rosen, who was supposed to be really fucking good. Exactly. And then there was the, and then it was Josh Allen, so those were the big four, and then it was Lamar Jackson, who was the wild card, and we are like, we see the talent, we knew that he had arm strength, well, we knew he had, had the physical abilities. Talent of Saquon. Yeah. It was like, how can you pass yeah. this it up? Was, because it was an awesome the Browns draft. hadn't taken Nick Chubb yet, so... No, I mean, going into it, I think the Jets nailed the Sam Darnold pick. I think going back, I still would take Sam Darnold. I like Sam Darnold You a lot. would still take Sam Darnold over Josh Allen in that same pick? Listen, it's hard. Okay. It's hard to say that. It is it's, hard to sit hard there and to say that. that. But I think it is a so, discredit to Sam Darnold. The, the Jets aren't doing him due diligence. Adam Gase isn't giving him a fair shake. Sam Darnold has made certain plays that I can show you on film, and we can bring him up on the computer and show it to where his ability to scramble out of the pocket, look at each level of the defense and evaluate his options, and then make an incredible sidearm pass around a defensive uh, tackle in front of his face. He has moments. Pat Mahomes does that. That's on da 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 da. That's on the top ten every single week. Sam Darnold has weeks also where he's seeing ghosts. And it's unfortunate, and I feel bad for him because of that, because I think it's the same thing that Trevor Lawrence, who is a better prospect than Sam Darnold, a better overall quarterback, is going to inherit. And I just feel bad for them both. Okay, I really so do. Yeah, so let's go there for a second. One, the Jets are not guaranteed to get get Trevor Lawrence. I do think that's where it's leaning, but right now I they're money they're, they they're one it. game out. I mean, you yeah. know, you got to think there's a lot of teams that are 1-0 right now. The Jets are just the only team that haven't won a game. So it's not guaranteed, but I did say earlier this week that I don't think they win many games with, with Adam Gates. So I, I get what you're saying with the Trevor Lawrence thing. If they have the number one pick, they're taking Lawrence, of first course. of all. And, and it makes sense because as good as Sam Darnold has, has looked, excuse me, in flashes, God, that was a nasty burp. Oh. That was that was all Jim. <laughs> as good as Sam Donald has looked in flashes, he has also looked that bad in other flashes. 
So, so and, and and I'm not. That's that's fair. And, and I'm not sitting here saying Sam Donald's bad. I'm not like I don't know. I don't think we've gotten a fair evaluation of Sam Donald. And that's crazy that after three years, I can't sit here and tell you if he's good or not. Like that that is un, undoubtedly the most sad thing for his let career. Let me tell you this: that regardless of what happens, let me finish. Regardless of what happens, I'm not even sure if he's good. It's similar to the way I feel like about Josh Allen, but it, or excuse me, not Josh Allen, about Josh Rosen. Except Josh Rosen has at least seen training camp where he didn't get on the field and it's like okay if you were good you at least would have excelled against the second teamers and shit like that of course you know name the best offensive lineman Sam Darnold has had and the best offensive weapon he has had Le'Veon Bell, who was severely underused. If you don't want to say Le'Veon Bell, then you can say Crowder, who's been the only consistent weapon and, and on that if, team. And if we are going to sit here as humans, and, yeah, of course, yeah, Jameson Crowder. The thing is, I totally get. We're not and arguing here. You know, we, I want you, you to exactly, know that. we agree, no, right? We're not like, arguing yeah, at yeah. all. You know why I'm asking that? Just yeah. to show the people that Sam Darnold hasn't gotten a fair shake. No, he has. If we are sitting here as a third year quarterback and saying. You get Jamison Crowder? Mm-hmm. Come on, man. I agree. I, you, I get Robbie, agree you get a, a young Robbie Anderson? Yeah. Come on, man. Kalechi Osimile, who is now injured at the Chiefs and was doing really good there, but yeah. was a trade over from the Raiders as your best offensive lineman? Come on. Come on, man. He hasn't gotten a fair <laughs> shake. I've seen a lot of promise out of it. Sam Darnold, and I feel bad for him. Yeah. Adam Gase, you blow. It's one of those the most unfortunate things because obviously we know we look at we look at a Sam Darnold and we say oh this is why and you know you those big name quarterbacks and these big name but this is this is true for every position at every point in the draft the draft is such a fucking it, it, it's such a fucking uh, you know uh, lottery lottery pick for not only the team but also the player because a player can be put in a situation where he's not going to excel he's put in a bad situation and every every fan base every player. Every every average fan, even even owners and and GMs and everything, think he is a bust or think he's bad. And maybe he would have performed a lot better in a better situation. It's shit like that. We just can't know. It's the hardest thing about being a, a you know draft evaluator. Something that I try to do from time to time is the fact that like I don't know where this guy's going. It's so much easier for me to give you a ranking on how good a player is going to be based on where he's at versus where versus not knowing where he's going to get drafted. It's so fucking hard because I guarantee you, five, four years ago, three years ago, whenever that draft was, and you and you showed me the picks and where they went, I probably would have had Lamar Jackson in the top three. I sure as hell wouldn't have had, would have had Josh Rosen as the top as the fifth. Yeah. Uh, going to Arizona, he was he was going to a dumpster fire. You had the Jets go. You had Sam Darnold going to the Jets, which at the time was a coach on his last leg drafting a quarterback. You're like, man, I don't know how that's going to work out. And then and then the second Baker Mayfield goes to the Browns, you're like, well, fuck, it's the Browns. You don't know. And then you have Josh Allen. He's like, man, he has a lot of talent, but he needs to develop. He's on a team that seems like they're going in the right direction. As a coach, I believe in. Okay, he'll be pretty good. It's so much easier to look at shit from from the perspective of after the draft than it is before the draft and you're absolutely right it's bad luck it's so unfortunate but it's 100 bad luck because i guarantee you if sam darnold would have gone to the bills and josh allen would have gone to the jets i guarantee you we'd all be talking about sam darnold as a baller right now i i I think this i don't know this but i think that we'd all be talking about sam darnold as a baller and we'd all talk be talking about josh allen as man he has a lot of talent where's he gonna go next I stand right behind you in that. I'm telling you, legacies of players, depending on what organization they go to and what team is willing to invest and truly just develop their talents and grow around them with an offensive line, with the the wide receiver weapons, with all of that, 
it, it could change so much stuff. Dude. I mean, Tom Brady at pick 199. I, I know it's cheesy as shit to say that, but I'm going to say it. If he goes 198, to the Dolphins. that team was, never see it. Yeah. You, you truly never see it, and you never see the GOAT. It is just one of those things where I see the talent that Sam Darnold has. There are certain guys that I, I doubted Josh Rosen early on, and it was one of the guys that I was surprised to see go. I feel bad for him now because I, I feel like he got a shot at the Dolphins team that really wasn't trying early on. Yeah, really wasn't invested. They were in a in really bad spot. Exactly. They were still when and he got were, it when he got a shot with the Dolphins. They were still trading picks like Mika Fitzpatrick. The future. They yeah. they were still looking to the twenty twenty exactly. draft. So everyone who wants to shit on on Josh Rosen, that's fine. He's an easy punching bag to have, but it's not fair. It's just not. He never Hasn't got a fair, fair shake. shake yet. Like you said, there are times where you'd think if he is the practice squad quarterback for the Buccaneers, he would arise yeah, to the exactly. occasion. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. But I'll bring it back to Sam Darnold. If there is a team that I'm looking to target Sam That's Darnold. That's where I wanted to go next. I'm glad you went if there. If there's a team that I'm looking to target him, it's the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's a good one. I, I think I think that if you were to throw a pick, and I think it's rated from around a second to a third, fourth-ish pick, depending mm-hmm. on what you get. I think that's a steal for Sam Darnold, first off, based on some Whoa. of the some of the high points I've seen on film. You send him to the Pittsburgh Steelers with an aging Big Ben who is probably done after this year, maybe two years yeah. at most. Sam Darnold in that offensive line of weapons. Can so flourish. what I would expect to happen, and I don't, I don't know this. One of two things is going to happen. Sam Darnold is not going to be picked up for a fifth year option, right? Which will happen this offseason. Those all these players that we're of talking course. about with they're this draft class, quarterback. yeah, they're they're going quarterback number one. So he's probably not going to be picked up with that fifth year's option. So this is his last year in New York, unless he any unless he earns another contract, right? And that's totally fine. But that's what I would expect. Um, so either the Jets say fuck it, we're we're cutting ties, we're moving on, we are we are investing 100% of our assets into the new quarterback, and and nobody else gets another yeah. shot, or they keep Sam Sam Darnold on for another year to compete, push, and maybe uh, teach the Lawrence or the Hurts, who, whoever whoever gets in there, um, to you know perform and, and be the next guy. Either way, it's either 2021 or 2022 where Sam Darnold gets another shot, gets to go to a new team, and I love that. I love the Steelers. I, I, I look at all the teams that have an aging quarterback. I love the Steelers. I actually love the Raiders for some reason. I think he would fit really well with the Raiders. I think he can do a lot of things that, that Derek Carr can't do as far as pushing the ball down the field. And then the last one that I think is is um, you know the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then I will, I will look at, at every single quarterback that's available to go to Indianapolis. Like any quarterback that is on the block, that like I will always point to Indianapolis as who, where are they going next? Because they are you probably Philip Rivers. I don't hate Philip Rivers, but they're the best team that does have a need of the position, right? I mean, I think that's fair to say. You're the fair Bucks, in saying that. The the Bucks still have Tom Brady for two years, so so they're not at need yet, but they will be very soon. I, I can't imagine Tom Brady plays another three or four years. He could, but fuck it, who knows? Um, I love that man. I, I, anywhere else you want to go with that kind of same mentality? I mean, I mean, not not the Sam Darnold talk. I think we can real quick transition it to Philip Rivers, and yeah. but the problem is both of us agree. Philip Rivers had a great week. Yeah, he had a week where he threw for I think it was like just under three hundred yards, two touchdowns, and change or something yeah, like that. Definitely, it was against a team that he should have beat anyways. Yeah, and it was actually a lot closer than it, the only reason he threw for that much is because he had to. Exactly. They, they went down early, and I mean, that, so it was one of those situations. Um, yeah, yeah. No, Phil, Philip Rivers is an upgrade from Jacoby Brissett. I am saddened to say though that it. I'm it's not, over I'm for not him. Saddened to say, 
I'm sad. Well, oh. I mean, I, I was getting at the Titans. It's the Titans division. The Titans are going to take the division. Yeah. And I'm not saddened by saying that, but the Colts have so much promise. Mm-hmm. You have a T.Y. Hilton right now who looks like a shell of himself for some reason. Yeah. And I don't know why. Is that a T.Y. Hilton problem? I don't think he's getting targeted. I mean, he had one target exactly. last week. That, that's he, had the ten, he had 10 targets in, in uh, week five, and he got six catches for 50-something yards. So that was a kind of a good week for him. <laughs> and I actually expected this was a good matchup for him. He should have had a big week this week. I expected him to, and he didn't. Uh, so I don't. I don't know what to say about about uh, Ty Hilton. Maybe it's over, and it probably is at this yeah. point. But man, I don't know. Um, I, the I whole know. point was saying that the the Colts are a really, really promising franchise when yeah. it comes to everything other than your. I, I would say skill position, just because I think they have a top five offensive yeah. line in the league. Jonathan Taylor is a promising running back. They use him weird at times. I, I think he's truly dominant but they try to mix him in in some weird areas and how right were we about marlon mack we got that i mean how right were we look we're seeing we saw so many people talking about jonathan taylor as he was going to be like this legit number one fantasy running back you know this year and we said hold on hold on hold on marlon mack is there we love jonathan taylor the player but marlon mack is the guy yeah and marlon mack goes down week one we're like fuck man we we said this all off season we're gonna look wrong and shit, we said this all offseason. We said Marlon Mack. We didn't know Marlon Mack was going to get hurt. But Jonathan Taylor still isn't getting the touches he deserves to get. Oh, exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous. Uh, so you can't sit here. Nobody that was on the Marlon or, or that was on the Jonathan Taylor train can sit here and say that it would have been better if Marlon Mack hadn't gotten hurt. I mean, that's just absolutely ridiculous. We were so right on that, and the injury is going to you know muddy the waters a little bit. But I will take my victory lap right now. Uh, I I absolutely agree. I don't think there's really much else to say about about. The, I, I pulled it up just to make sure the. Yeah. Injury, injury-induced Colts. Jonathan Taylor led offense, fifteenth best running back. Yeah, and we were saying beforehand Russia. with that's a in Marlon, PPR exactly. And we were saying with Marlon Mack, this wouldn't happen. This is without Marlon Mack, I and traded, he's still not top twelve. I traded a third round pick for him. I'm so disappointed in that. I traded a third round pick in a keeper league thinking, so basically I traded a third and I'm going to have to keep him for a second. So I traded a third and a second to yeah. keep Marlon Mack. I might not even keep him anymore. I think I have to because running backs go so fast. But Just man, I don't know. the price that you yeah, paid. Yeah, exactly. But Jonathan Taylor is promising at times. Yeah. A lot of good stuff. I still think he's a great back. He was one of my favorite backs coming out of this last class. But for some reason, he's not get, it, he is given the role to take off. And just I, I, carry I think it's going to be one of those things where next year he will get a bigger piece of the pie. But I mean, I talked about what what what's his name does what what Frank Wright does everywhere he's been. This has been the story for the running back position. So I mean, it's not a shocker for us because we did our research and we knew what to expect. Yeah, but it's a shocker for everybody else, and it just is what it is. Even me, it's a shocker for me because I thought when Marlon Mack got hurt, it would change things, and it didn't. Like I said, I made it. I made that trade. It was a bad trade. I made it the trade with. You. <laughs> so it just is what it is. All right, let's move on. So we were gonna do like a legit buy sell question, but we're 38 minutes into this pod. So le- instead of doing the buy sell, let's just make this an open conversation yeah, a little course. bit. Um, I want to I want to go because we're talking young quarterbacks. I want to go to the Dolphins first. They're gonna talk. Uh, they're they're gonna start Tua in week seven. They have a bye week in week six. They're gonna they're gonna start Tua Tungavailoa who who's who uh, played the last drive of the of the game against the Jets when they had already won. 
So he he threw two passes and handed the ball off like four times, and you know it closed out the game a little bit. But but Fitzpatrick, who's been playing really really well, at least especially in the past two games, is getting benched for Tua. And I don't think this is a Fitzpatrick problem. This is a Miami Dolphins wanting to look towards the future problem or not problem uh, decision. I want to hear your thoughts first, and then I would love to hear, uh, and then I'll, I'll give my thoughts a little bit. Of course, because you're the Dolphins fan. That's of course. We'll, yeah. save, we'll save the best for last off of that. I'm going to start it with saying it was a truly heartfelt moment. It was an overjoyful moment seeing Tua go to the yard line where his first drive as an NFL player ended. It was really good to see. He FaceTimed his parents and said, hey, this is where it happened. This is where this happened, and this is this. I'm going to circle back and say they should not start Tua. They, You shouldn't. Ryan Fitzmagic right now is doing all you could ask for a veteran quarterback to do. He is playing with his heart on his sleeve. He is laying his shoulder down and going for it on the third and eights whenever he's running the ball, ducking his head down and taking on linebackers. He's just playing. God, it reminds me of just he's, he's having fun out there. Yeah, and it's been fun to watch. I don't see a point in starting Tua, especially this week you play the Rams, correct? Yes. No, no, no. Week seven. So we have a bye week and then oh, we play the Rams. You have a bye week getting that's, prepared that's for why, the Rams. That's why they're doing that, I believe. I, I get that because you're like, okay, halfway point, get yeah. the bye week, get Tua ready. This is it. Yeah. Don't start him against the Rams. Yeah. Don't start Tua. You ride out the rest of this year. You let Tua learn from a a very classy veteran in Fitzmagic. Can, uh, so that, that's, Go ahead. Uh, let, me say, let me take it on. Can I tell you my first thought? Because I woke yeah. up to this news this morning, and my first thought – and this is a cynical Miami Dolphins fan who has been a diehard who has seen heartbreak at every level. <laughs> My first thought was, Aaron Donald's going to break his fucking leg. Oh, God. I, that was my first, that was my first like, and I immediately no. regretted it. I immediately was like, no, 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 no. But, like, my first thought was Aaron Donald and the fucking Rams are going to destroy uh, Tua Tungavala. Why would we start him against the Rams? I get we have two weeks to prepare. That That is what it is. Okay, so, look, this is, this is our schedule, right? We played six games. We struggled against the Patriots in week one because we didn't know what Cam Newton was going to be, and the Patriots basically had a brand-new offense for the Dolphins. Dolphins weren't ready for that game. We fought the Bills down to the wire. We were 31 to 28, and it was a back and forth game t- through the very end. People forget that, but in week two, the Dolphins looked pretty okay. Beat the Jaguars on Thursday night. Uh, I'm so happy next to week. see you upbeat about your team. It's I, awesome. I mean, it's, it's weird to think this way, but it is. Uh, we beat the Jaguars on Thursday night. We come back and play the Seattle Seahawks, and look, it wasn't a great game for the Dolphins, but we competed with them very, very closely for two and a half quarters, right? And then the Seahawks kind of got going. Russell Wilson got cooking, and it was over, and that's fine. That's what it is. Then we destroyed the 49ers in week five, right? And I think this was the big turning point for a lot of Dolphins fans. We're like, oh shit, we beat the 49ers. We're really good now. Uh, let's let's hit the brakes a little Nick bit Mullins on that. First of all, first of all, we beat the 49ers because of two interceptions from a one-legged uh, Garoppolo late or in the in the second quarter, where the Dolphins were able to put up a much bigger lead than we ever deserved to have against this team. The 49ers were struggling the first half because Garoppolo was was not healthy. I did a whole video on why Garoppolo wasn't healthy. I literally showed essentially the exact same throw from week five and week one when Garoppolo was 
healthy and showed the difference in the mechanics. One was an interception, one was a complete pass. Not so, so he wasn't healthy. So, it, like, he was throwing on one leg. It was bad. Look, the Dolphins got a much bigger, got an awesome win. The most points we had scored since, I think, 2003 against the team. So, like, it was awesome. I was very excited for my Miami Dolphins. If you watched the pod last week, you saw how excited I was. But let's hit the brakes on thinking that was just, like, a, a marquee win for our team and we're on a different level. We're not. I'm sorry. We're just not. And then we beat the Jets, and we dominated that game. And that, that's the Jets. So now <laughs> we get a bye week. We go play the Rams. And look, Fitzpatrick hasn't had a bad game since he played the Seahawks. And he had a bad game because he threw a couple of picks late. And really, probably the reason we weren't in that game late. But it, it, either way, it was the Seahawks. The Seahawks, Seahawks kind of played down to us a little bit. Like, they just didn't. Always do. They yeah. just didn't really get going. And now we're going to go play the Rams. And look, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm a Dolphins fan, so I'm not going to sit here and say this is a, a terrible decision. Because I get the the idea, like, let's get to a ready. Let's give him half a season in, in year two of the rebuild. And, but the idea that I think. I'm seeing from Dolphins fans that like we're competing or that we're competitive and we need to get two out there to to compete for a championship or compete for the playoffs on a championship. We're one game out of the division and all that. That's a little bit overblown, in my opinion. I, I just I look at this Dolphins team. They have no defensive line. Their offensive line is still very shaky, although we do have some rookies that have stepped up big time. Uh, I you know I'm not convinced that this Dolphins team is ready to make the next next step yet. And to start against the Rams and then go back and play the Cardinals, which defensively shouldn't be the worst game, but it, it, the Cards should be able to take care of the the Dolphins defense. And then we play the Chargers that have a, a monster uh, you know defensive line. Yeah, I wouldn't start. I, I get what they're thinking. It's the bye week, so you put two in this this week, and that's that's the reason for that. I would not have started two against the Rams. I, I wish Fitzpatrick would have kept playing. This is what I would have liked to see happen. I would have liked to see the Dolphins start Tua in in now. Uh, on November 22nd, we play the Broncos, then the Jets, then the Bengals. That three-game stretch would have been an awesome three-game stretch to give Tua and then have some confidence going into the Chiefs-Patriots down the stretch and then Raiders-Bills to finish out the season. Of course. Um, look, I think the Dolphins, like I said it at the beginning of the season, I think the Dolphins are a 6-7 win team. Uh, looking at the, we won three games, looking at the rest of the the schedule, yeah, I still think we're, you know, I think we'll win four or five of these games. Maybe we get to 8-8, eight and eight, but I think 7-9 and nine is probably about where we're going to finish up with Tua. I, it is what it is. I don't think it's the worst decision in the world. I am very, very nervous about him going out against the Rams. Um, I, I'm excited, though. As a Dolphins fan, I, I love to see it. I, I remember I was actually kind of getting into a little bit of a fight with my girlfriend, and then I saw two was was starting that last drive for the Dolphins, and I was like, oh, shit, fuck this argument. I'm going to watch Tua. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't like that very much. Well, my, my whole point being is, like, why are you not happy? When was the last time you had a rookie quarterback step up? have been competitive, yeah. I mean, shit. you have promise. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, seriously, I, I don't want to poke it. I don't want to jab at you right now. No, here. you're fine. The Dolphins have been irrelevant for a long time right now, and it's sad to say, but this is almost the turning point. Yes, they did it two weeks early. I get why they did it because of the bye week, and you have an extra week of prep. Yeah, wait for the Rams to go by. Yeah, I agree. You know, I mean, Aaron, I think you don't want to face Aaron Donald in. You, you and, don't uh, just because he is a monstrosity that yeah. can literally change an entire game. I mean, we saw four sacks two weeks ago, not this week. This week, he, um, the 49ers did a really good job of game yeah. playing around him. But that's Kyle Shanahan. 
Yeah. That's the genius of a coach, and that's what he was able to do in nullifying that. But we saw what he did against Washington. The the cool he killed thing, him. He had four sacks. Yeah. The the cool thing for for us is the Rams play the Bears on Monday night this week. So so the Rams are actually coming off. Uh, they they only get six games to prepare versus the Dolphins getting fourteen. So that is and kind of against Tua, which you don't know what kind of folds he's going to be able to bring that offense. Yeah. Listen, it's a surprise upset. It's it a is. sexy pick, and I'm honestly happy to see the way that your franchise is going. I'm excited. And I mean, it's, let me it's ask you cool. this because I'm I'm too close to it. Let me yeah. ask you this: if you're if you're looking at wh- which fan base would you rather be? Would you rather be the Bengals with Burrow? Would you rather be the Chargers with uh, with Herbert Ooh. or the Dolphins with Tua? And, and and keep in mind the rest of the team as part of that. But as far as like who would you rather be going in the next three years? I'm biased. You are a little biased, but but try and hold your bias away because I'm too biased. I can't I can't even get to that point. But like, I'm I'm biased in saying I have a boner for Burrow, <laughs> and, <that laughs> and that's the problem. And you you should know that. You of should course, know that I knew that. Yeah. I think the offensive weapons that they have put around Burrow are really promising. Whether or not it's AJ Green asking for a trade, Tyler Boyd. I mean, you have mm-hmm. a John Ross who just asked for a trade again, <laughs> and Joe Mixon. You have some promising offensive weapons on the O line. John Zach Ross Taylor. asked for a trade. Is that, is that yeah, what you said? John Ross officially asked. I for did a not trade. know that. Wow. Yeah, so that's coming out soon. They have two weeks to deal, and we'll see where he goes. But it's Joe Burrow. Just because I've gotten to see the flair, I've gotten to see the attitude. Give of me your the, second. What would your second one be? Tua. Tua. Okay. It, it really would over, just, over Herbert. Justin Herbert arm talent is really there. It's legit. And the Chargers are looking really good. I like the way the Dolphins have worked their whole rebuild together, though. Yeah. And, listen, it's weird, but y'all really hit on a Noah Igbenogany pick. He stepped up. He's looking good, isn't he? He's looking really good. (laughs) Looks a lot better than he ever did at Auburn. (laughs) Oh, how dare you. How dare you throw a jab at me. I like Herbert better now. (laughs) No, Herbert Tua, it's going to be one of those things to see the way that their teams invest in them. I think, as of now, Herbert has the better shake just because, man, he's coming out with a chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And it's all the stuff that I saw in Hard Knocks about Anthony Lynn talking about, like, yeah, man, he's not that vocal of a leader, is he? Mm -hmm. It's like phew, Herbert's throwing for four touchdowns. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, he's you don't need to talk. <laughs> he talks gives this a play. damn if he's vocal or not. So here's my thing, and and this is I'm actually doing a video right now, or I'm, I'm in the preparation process of making a video that should come out later this week, if not at the beginning of next week, uh, about Herbert and how good he's played. It's it's kind of like a whole introspective on the Chargers right now as they look, uh, and it talks about how obviously how great Herbert has looked. First of all, of course he has he is zero and four as a starter right now, but god damn has he looked good. I mean, he is he is the best 0-4 starter I've seen in a long time. He has had some rough shakes. He's had a rough road. I mean, you have to go from Chiefs to Bucks to Saints. I mean, and get a lead on every single one of them and be in the game late on against every single one of them. What can you do? Yeah, you you lost to Patrick Mahomes, Tom Brady, and and uh, and, Drew, and Brees. Drew Brees in the last second of every single game. And you're 23. You're happy old. as fuck about that, okay? And, and I get that sucks. You're not actually happy, but as a fan, you have to be excited that like, man, this dude is on the cusp. Give him another year. He's winning those games. So, so I love that. What I don't love is is the offensive play calling. First of all, and and the coaching. I'm actually very disappointed with the, with the Chargers after going back and watching some of these games a little bit more in depth. 
looking at some of the play calling, some of the decisions, I want them to actually let Herbert loose. It feels like they're kind of, they're putting Herbert in kind of a, a, a tough spot or, you know, at, at the beginning of games and the midpoint of games because he's not just letting Herbert play. They're, they're trying to, to win the game through their run. They're trying to, they're trying to make decisions that are actually putting them in worse situations than they would be if they just said, Hey man, we trust you. And, and I get it's tough to trust a rookie quarterback, but like, to an extent, like, let the player play because he's proved he can do it. Yeah, let the legacy flourish because that's another thing. You said that he had the lead going into halftime in almost all three of those games. Off top. Actually, I believe he did. Yeah. All three of Every, those games. All three of those games he had the lead, yeah. And it felt like they were playing to a game script. It felt like they were playing to a, okay, and, let's eat the clock first. And, 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 then, and then they let Joshua Kelly, who I was totally right about, by, by the way. He is He's a fine NFL running back, but he is not an explosive player by any means. He's just okay. He's just a guy, in my opinion. Justin Justin Jackson, another guy who's he's just a guy. Look, I'm not I'm not trying to hate on them. They're they're good. They're fine players, but they are not explosive enough. And when the team when the team opposite of you knows you're running the ball, they're not going to get anything done. They need Eckler back. Well, and I think they put Herbert in a lot of bad situations where yeah. it's like like you said, not trusting him. Yeah, it's run first down and ten. Okay, second and seven. Second and nine. Running, yeah. we're, we're looking at a third and six, third and five, and you yeah. but you just put Herbert in a spot where yeah, it's a third and mid, third and short area. And he's still but it's just like just trust your guy. Yeah. Let him go for the throat. Let's see Herbert throw it because he has the ability. And it's so, one of the things that a lot of people doubted. He is reading defenses really to my, well. And the other part of this, and this is this is something that frustrates me to no end. How bad is the Oregon offense? Because I, I went back and watched about six <laughs> over the offseason. I watched probably maybe six or seven games from Oregon last year. Right. I, I really studied uh, Herbert because I loved him. I knew like going into the 2019 season, Herbert was my number one quarterback. Right. Over to I loved Herbert. And then by the time draft came, uh, the draft came around 2020, Herbert was my fourth best quarterback on the on the board. Right. And, and, you know, this is just my personal rankings. They, they mean shit. But at the end of the day, I saw nothing from that offense from Oregon. You, I mean, we watched the game together. We, I know we person, agree. Yeah. I know we agree on this that Oregon gave Herbert no favors, and I would almost say that if Herbert, if Oregon would have opened up the offense, Herbert would have been the second pick in the draft. Yeah, I, it, I, I it believe was, that. I think his team would have traded up to bubble get him. screen underneath slant play Same action shit. tight end screen third down and ten. Now Herbert has to make the yeah. play. It, it set them up in a in a way, and part of this isn't Herbert's fault, but their offense line was really good, so you didn't get to see a whole lot of Herbert in in, in duress or Herbert. You know, you didn't get to see him make a play with somebody in his face and shit. But at the end of the day, it was just a lot of bullshit uh, offensive play calling where I didn't get to see if Herbert was good or not. Yeah, and it was it was ridiculous. I'll say what it is. It's their coach. It's yeah. Mario Cristobal. He's one of the guys who was able to inherit this Oregon fast pace, come at you, go at you. We're gonna just speed kill you all yeah. over the field. And I think he got too cute. It, it, I think just, he didn't realize that you have a fourth yeah. year starter in Justin Herbert who is able to spread the field. Who is a first round pick in the NFL field. draft. And yet you still and you're not going to use them five yards and back. Ridiculous. And, and look, I, that's that's just a side point, like just a little minor thing. But it's like, man, that shit matters. Like, 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 let your guy who has it's NFL talent, draft stock. Yeah. yeah, like who has NFL talent, like play, man. And he was the third quarterback taken. And look, I'm not shitting on like I love Tua, but I really believe if if he could have showcased some of his arm talent and in game skills that he's that we've seen over the past four games against NFL talent. I think the Dolphins probably would have taken Herbert over over Tua. I think the Dolphins probably would have traded up to get Herbert over over Tua, who at the time was injured. We'll forget that part. Listen, as a Dolphins fan with Herbert, to just kind of bring it back to the beginning of this conversation, yeah. 
I, I I do think I would rather be a Dolphins fan than any of the other two uh, franchises. And granted, I am I am biased. I, I think as a talent wise, I think Bro is in a better situation talent wise with the offense. But I don't think I believe in the coaching staff for either the the uh, Bengals or the or the Chargers at this point. And I do believe in my Dolphins coaching staff. I really do. So maybe I'm maybe I'm I am biased. I know I'm biased, but I think I would rather be Tua than any of the other ones. Um, and then I, I will I will throw out there I'm I. I, I don't think I'm going to say I was wrong about about Love because he's in a situation where he was never going to start. But it's it'll be interesting to see what happens in the next couple of years because Love isn't going any isn't going to be anything other than third string right now, he's second third or third string. string. Option, yeah. and, and look, we knew that coming. I knew you know we argued all all off season about how he was a very very raw prospect, and the second he goes to the Green Bay Packers, I was pretty excited because I said you know what he's going to have a great place to to mature as a as a quarterback and learn. We'll see what happens in a couple of years. It's way too early to talk about about love, but right now it's more exciting to talk about the guys who are about to be starting. Yeah, one quick point on love. We knew the raw physical talent was there. Yeah. He is getting to watch a guy in Aaron Rodgers who, while he, oddly enough, is very similar to Brett Favre when it comes to giving back to his future talent yeah. and saying that that's, he doesn't really do it. Well, no, no, you actually, know. he's he's come out. He's actually uh, talked about a lot of, yeah. uh, on about how he, he wants his legacy to be that he helped the, the star. So, he's, so he, he has, wants to he go is, against what he is not He has not been as bad as, as Brett Favre has been, yeah. at least according to some of the things. I haven't heard Love talk about him, but he has talked about how he has intentionally been like, you know, I'm, I'm not going to coddle him. It's, it's not my job to, to coddle him or anything, but I, I am trying to be less, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to be better than, not, he hasn't said it in so many words, but it does seem like he's trying to be a better leader or a better mentor than than uh, uh, Brett Favre ever was. Brett set but, a really low bar. Brett pretty much said, yeah, exactly. fuck you, this is my Brett job. Said, fuck Why you. am I going to help you take my job? But at the end of the day, you know, it's a, it, we know that's a very similar situation, but I mean, you know, it's it was probably, weirdly enough, this is probably the best decision the Packers could have ever made because uh, if, aside from last week which wasn't great uh, Aaron Rodgers has been awesome Aaron Rodgers has been playing lights out they lit a fire under his ass they did. and that's the last thing you want to do if you're anyone else in the NFL yeah. Packers wise you did a great job by doing that yeah. it's weird how you just avoid getting him offensive weapons but you're still going to make him great yeah. it's just an Aaron Rodgers thing he is one, he's of, the one most, of the greatest quarterbacks ever and yeah, he's I believe gonna, that. and at the end of the day he's going to go down very similar to a Dan Marino in my book. Yeah. Thank God Aaron Rodgers got one ring yep. because if it wasn't for that. He'd be very he'd be exactly the same as Dan Marino. It is when it comes to physically gifted talent on the field wise. They did him a disservice in not getting him more. All right, I'm gonna say this because I know we have a couple other topics we want to get to, of course. and and we're already kind of running longer than we thought we would. But it is so so similar to to. Uh, uh, Sorry, I can't talk to Dan Marino in yes. the sense that in Dan Marino's second year as as the starting quarterback for the Dolphins, which granted came earlier in his career than obviously in Rogers' uh, second year as a starter, he was in the Super Bowl and had a chance to win Super Bowl eight or the you know in 1983 he had the chance to win that Super Bowl, whatever Super Bowl that was. Uh, Aaron Rodgers was in that same situation, obviously won the Super Bowl, and has been on a team where I, I would argue the talent around him has not been good enough or has not been up to par for what Aaron Rodgers deserves. And in, in Dan Marino's case, which granted, a lot of this was before my time, but I have you know research. I've read books on Dan Marino and shit, so I, I feel pretty confident saying same fucking thing. They could never get a running game behind Dan Marino. They could never get receivers outside of the Morris brothers out uh, for Dan Marino, and they could really never get much of a defense around Dan Marino. 
it's almost the same fucking story. It's a, it's ridiculous how, how history kind of repeats itself, but I I do see the same story and, and we'll see what happens. Hopefully for, for the Packers fans, hopefully for, you know, I'll just say Packers fans in general, this, the end of that story doesn't end the same way because the Dolphins hit a drought of, you know, two will be the 19th quarterback to start. No 20th quarterback to start after Dan Marino, I believe. Uh, so it's been a long road since Dan Marino retired, and I, I don't know. I don't know what will happen with uh, Aaron Rodgers, but I think it's not going to be quite as long of a road. I think you got the right guy in Tua. I think it, it's a little too soon, as in like a few weeks too soon, which in a longevity of a career-wise is not going to be that big of a window that you're going to look at and be like, damn, that's when they shouldn't have done it. Yeah. You're good there. Back to Aaron Rodgers. I'm a Vikings fan. Skull Vikings till the day I die. I have Kirk Cousins throwing three interceptions against the Falcons, and we're one in five, right? One in four, right now. Whatever we are, one in five. It's one in five. Sorry, not looking good. Accuracy. I'll, I'll say it back to where I can respect the fact of the fact of the legend that Aaron Rodgers is. I won't root for him to get a Super Bowl because he I'm a Vikings fan. He deserves. He deserves he, one more. He deserves more than one more. Yeah. The the physical ability that he has to go against. And it's like I almost root for him because he's almost against the Packers because the Packers don't really put weapons around him to do good for him. Yeah. So that's the way that I'm able to justify it in my head. Is like, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, you go fuck the Packers. You deserve it. Yeah, you go do he you against it, your he management does. that refuses to get you offensive weapons around you. Listen, I give, I give the utmost respect to him. He is going to go down as one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, and Aaron Rodgers is on a warpath this year. Russell Wilson's going on an MVP candidate road, but right now we're only at week six going into week seven. Mm-hmm. There are ways that Aaron Rodgers can take yeah. this over and win. The and and I love we're saying this after Aaron Rodgers had arguably one of the worst games of his career against the Bucks, where he threw two interceptions early in the game, kind of got out of hand Donkey for him. Donkey Kong suit was in his face, getting but, in his head. But, but it's, at the end of the Aaron day, Rogers, man. man. Yeah, at the end of the day, I'm not worried about one game against the Bucks. It was a bad game. Take it is away what it is. Aaron Rodgers. What are the Packers? Oh, so much worse. Yeah, ridiculously bad. All right, let's let's talk about a couple other quarterbacks because that's pretty much what this show has be, become. Um, let's talk. Let's, we're going to skip a couple, a couple of these conversations and leave them for next week because I yeah, think they're they're very they're, things aren't going to change too much. We can still talk about next week. I want to talk about Ryan Tannehill and something I told you and I you actually kind of agreed, which I didn't expect. Yeah, and, and I'm going to say this right now. I you know in front of uh, you know on this podcast in front of. The tens of tens of people that are listening. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is a top five quarterback in the NFL right now going into week seven of the NFL's 2020 season. Ryan Tannehill, look, I get it. I get that that sounds, sounds, you know, weird. But Ryan Tannehill has done absolutely everything. Every single thing you could possibly ask him to do and more. He is completing a, a ridiculous amount of his passes. He is doing everything. He is the driving force around this team, regardless of the Derrick Henry train, which has been running, especially last week. I mean, he, he had that 94-yard uh, run on, on Sunday to to really uh, help put away the, the Texans. But it was Ryan Tannehill with less than a minute left that is going down the field to win that game, put himself in a great position, had that great play, the last play of the game, Essentially, where it looked like it was going to be a spike, and then last second he audibles out and he he throws that that fade route to to AJ Brown for a touchdown, which Budding was star. a weird, you know, maybe not a touchdown. I don't know if that that right foot got down or not. Either way, it was called a touchdown on the field, and it wasn't enough to to overturn it. So Titans get that that win. Titans are undefeated right now. 
Ryan Tannehill is playing out of his mind, and it just shows. Uh, it go, just goes to show situation. Ryan Tannehill was never the problem in Miami when he was when he was on teams that were eight and eight, seven and nine type of football teams. But everyone wanted to shit on Ryan Tannehill. Like, let's keep a little bit. Like, just in general, this should be a lesson to both of us as as you know, budding analysts or you know, talk, yeah, people that talk football and just fans in general. That like, it it might not be the fucking quarterback. It might be. But it might not be <laughs> uh, in the sense that, like, the Dolphins had nothing else going on for him. He had, they had Adam Gase as their head coach, and we know what Adam Gase is now. <laughs> that, yeah. And Ryan Tannehill was winning football games. He was. And, look, it is what it is. He gets hurt when he was really starting to hit that upward tra- trajectory. Then he gets hurt, doesn't look as good after that injury because why would you? And then gets traded to the Titans, and the Titans, that was the best trade they could have made because they're looking fucking awesome. Right now, I would argue, and this you can tell me I'm crazy. I think they're, I think they're the second best team in the AFC right now. You're not crazy at all, especially AFC wise. I will say before I get into the Ryan Tannehill talk, I am glad to see you as a Dolphins fan living out your Dolphins memories <laughs> through Tannehill because you knew you. Oh, I'll give you props. I for always that. defended you Ryan Tannehill. Always defended Ryan always. Tannehill ever since the day they made the pick out of Texas A&M. Quarterback, wide receiver, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> he was a quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> you, well, he lined up as that occasionally. Like, oh, okay. Uh, wide listen, receiver. They, he's, he's, he's a, a team fucking guy. player. They asked him to be wide receiver when he was the backup quarterback, and he said, okay, I'll, I'll be wide receiver. Then he transfers to quarterback, obviously, plays one season of quarterback, played lights out, gets drafted in the first round, and he... He was he was the best quarterback to get drafted uh, up until Russell Wilson yeah. was drafted later well, in that same I, draft. I, I, I give you crap in saying that it's a, it's a compliment because Ryan Tannehill and the way that he's been able to play around the Titans and the way that you defended him and the Dolphins wherever you had your back against the wall. I mean, it's like, bro, wasn't this dude, easy. This is dog shit, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, this dude, it's bad. But Ryan Tannehill now is a top five quarterback, and the Titans are the team to beat. Behind the Chiefs in the AFC, I'll say it. The Ravens, they still got their shit going. They're still going to be the Ravens. The Ravens, I said the second best team in the AFC, and and the Ravens are obviously in that conversation. But, uh, look, the Titans are match up very well against the Ravens. I think the Titans can beat the Ravens. We saw it in the AFC Championship, or not the AFC Championship, the divisional round of the playoffs last year. Uh, The Titans, they they match up very well against the Ravens. That's why I think they're better than the Ravens. They're not better than the Chiefs unless they prove it. But I mean, I, I think they're I think they're in contention, man. I really do. No, you're not wrong in saying that. Ryan Tannehill is playing a statistical top five quarterback year, and then efficiency wise is also a top five quarterback year. And this is also going in saying that the Titans are not a quarterback led team. It's a Derrick Henry feed the boss, feed that's, the train, that's the narrative to going. That's the narrative that's being that's fed the to narrative. us. But at the end of the day, this is still an offense that is clicking. They're just going down the field on full cylinders, throwing to A.J. Brown. They brought in Anthony Ferkshire with a Giannu Smith injury, and he was able to eclipse 100 yards and a touchdown. They're playing lights out. Titans, we're in Tennessee, so there's a lot of hype going around it. Be excited. This is your time to rejoice. I think the Titans are going to be... They are in the 1A tier teams yeah. with the Chiefs and the Ravens and the Titans. And, and after that, you go Buffalo and so on and so forth. And listen, nobody wants to talk about it, but at the end of the day, this is a team that, yes, their their bread and butter is the Derrick Henry uh, rushing attack, and that's fine. That's what they're always going to be. But but uh, Ryan Tannehill is, is not 
a Kirk Cousins in the sense that Kirk Cousins is so good on the on the bootleg and and all these other things, you know, because because I'm I'm just comparing two teams yeah. that are run first football teams and Kirk Cousins gets a lot of shit as a, as a quarterback, but he's kind of good on that bootleg and shit like that. He can he can make plays like that. But Ryan Tannehill is a true drop pass packing. You know, he's a drop. He's a drop back pass quarterback that can also run I was the making sure you said yeah. it right. Yeah. <laughs> you almost fucked Those up. Those six fucking shots I took before this thing really That's fucked true. me. That's <laughs> true. Yeah, six. I did. <laughs> we did a lot. Um, no, the, Ryan Tannehill is able to do more than just a play do, action, yeah. third so, down passing attack. That was my whole point. Another thing goes to Mike Vrabel. I was, that's where he's I was a going damn next. Genius, man. Rabel is so fucking good. Isn't he? The way Let's that he's about, able to get his, co- I wanna, his I wanna bring up. I want to bring up one thing before we kind of move on to our picks. Is we're getting it's the penalty, isn't it? The penalty. I knew it. Yes. Okay. So this is what happened. I'm gonna kind of there. The uh, all right. What was it? it was second down. Yeah. You know, all right. So yeah. the Texans are are driving. They're around the 30 yard line. It's second and one. And the and and uh, Rabel sends out some backup bullshit uh, defender and keeps him out on the field. And you can literally see the part of the video where he tells his uh, his defender, the the you know one of the players, that it's okay. They have twelve men on the field and it's okay. Leave them on there because they're going to take the penalty, make it first and ten for for the Texans, stop the clock because they desperately needed that that timeout. They saved forty seconds and the Titans end up winning the game with four seconds left on the clock. It was it was a genius move. <laughs> yes, and granted, it was. It, was, it was a move where they were they were trying to hold the Texans to a field goal. That didn't that part didn't work out. But it was a genius move by Vrabel pulling out a Bill Belichick level, uh, high level decision making, uh, and and a critical moment. You have to absolutely love shit like that. I really well, do. You know. And the defense is looking at the guy coming on the field like, what the Wait, hell are he doing? you doing? He had Get run. Him off of he here. had been on ten defensive snaps the it entire was, season. It was Jonathan Joseph actually, a, a member of That's the Texans. That was on the field for the Titans was looking at Vrabel like, bro, what are you doing? Why is he out here? This is yeah. 12 men on the field with three minutes, under three minutes left. We're yeah. going to lose the game. And Vrabel's like just screaming his head off at the guy that he just okay. sent on the field. Okay. Go, 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 go. Give the, what is it, a Grammy <laughs> that you get for acting or an Oscar or whatever? Amazing. Tony, whatever the hell it is, give it to Vrabel because he pulled it off to perfection. I mean, the way that he was able to Genius act move. that part out. Genius move. At the end of the day, yes, you had that controversial A.J. Brown. Was he in? Was he not? At the end of the day, Titans are undefeated he, going into Pittsburgh. Regardless of how you want to talk about it, you have a team that was down with less than a minute left in the game, puts themselves in a position to win the game. And look, regardless if it happens or not, that's the definition of a good football team, right? Like, like shit like that's not going to happen every time. The Seahawks are not going to score on fourth and five to win the to win the game every single week. A the Vikings fan against the Vikings. Yeah, that's what I'm saying though. Like I'm saying, we can go through. It's yeah. gonna happen every single week where teams are gonna either win or lose in the last second. But the fact that they were there, they were in that position where a lot of teams and, and that were coached differently, a lot of teams with lesser talent wouldn't have been on the 18, 19 yard line in a position. Actually, I think they were they were even closer than that. I think they were on like the 11 or 12 yard yeah. line in a position to win the game, right? And that is that's really what we need to keep focus on. That's that's the mark of true greatness. They were able to get down there. Obviously, getting the touchdown is the next level, but to have two shots at the end zone and get it on the first try, you can't. You you can't do it. You know, you have to love that. It's perfect. All right, you ready to get in our picks? Let's get in our picks. All right, um, hour eight mark. We're, we're ready save, to get in our picks. <laughs> we had we have two other buy sell questions that we will save for next week. Uh, we won't tell you what that is, but let's let's get into our picks. Last week was not good. I'm, let's bring it up. We gotta we gotta be honest with ourselves. Shit. I was four and seven against the spread, guys. I only got four picks. 
of the possible 11 that I could have gotten right. I got absolutely roasted there, and Jacob wasn't much better getting 5 and 6. I was 7 and 5 against the uh, 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 straight up, and Jacob was 8 and 4. Jacob had it. Dude was really good uh, straight up. He be he. I think you got both. No, Bro, no. Straight up, I'll fuck you up. But if you give me the spread, <laughs> that's where I lose it. That's because where we fuck up. I just like to cover my bases. Yeah. All right. Let's uh, let's get into this. Uh, Thursday night, Giants go to Philadelphia uh, to face the Eagles. The Eagles are favored by four points in this game with a forty-three and a half over under. Where are you at with this? Why do we disagree? I have the Eagles on the pick. I have the Eagles on the spread, and I have the over hitting at 43 and a half because we're looking at what a, a 28 to 25, 24 game covers. Easily? I think I think it'll be 24 to 23. That's, That's my very, pick, John. That's my pick. I don't know why I had 24 to 23 the whole way. Um, John, I, I, I am taking the Giants to win this game. You're closing so many windows by yeah, saying I'll this close, specifically. I'll will fucking happen. lock the motherfucking door. I don't care. <laughs> you have the Giants winning. Yeah, I think the Giants won this game. Oh my I really God. do. I think that, look, the Eagles have been, man, I don't know. I, I Look, the Giants are one of those teams where they have, they've been playing better than the score has been showing. It's not pretty, but Joe Judge has this team. It, like, it, it feels very similar. It feels very similar to the Dolphins last year where it's like, okay, this team is bad. Maybe the Dolphins are down the stretch a little You're bit. Killing but the team, the team was like was devoid of talent in a sense, but they still had they still had the fight and the and the heart that they were staying in games that they probably didn't belong in. I think this is one of those games where the Eagles have sucked in the first half the entire season and the Eagles have like come back and made it close in every single game, it seems like. Uh, I think it's going to be very similar. I, I think the Giants are going to get off to a league. They're they're going to win this game close. And listen, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But I'm I'm going to I'm going to make my pick here, and I, I believe I, I in it. I won't even argue it for the sake of time. I will chalk it up to the fact that the NFC East. Y'all got to get your shit together. It's a fucking dumpster fire. That's it. Yeah. That's it. At the end of the get day, get your shit together. Yeah, like I'm, I'm saying that I'm saying the one in four Giants will beat the one in four Eagles. And you're not or crazy one in four, one in five, yeah, whatever so the fuck I'll it is. That. We'll move on to the fact the Lions are going over to. God, Atlanta we disagree in a lot of games and take on the Falcons. We do. This is going to be a week where we see who's right and who's wrong. All right, fun. And the Falcons are a two and a half point favorite. And your boy right here is going to take the Lions on the pick, the Lions on the spread, and I'm going to take the under at fifty six and a half and say that the week one coach firing hype for the Falcons is over. Matt Stafford and DeAndre Swift are ready to take the next step and win this game. I hope you're right. I really do because I like the Lions a lot. That like just as a team, I don't yeah. know why. I don't know why you I like the Lions. You the I like I like I I, I like um, Matthew Stafford. I don't know why I like him, but I really do. I think the Falcons win this football game. I think they okay. have more offense than the Lions have defense, and I think they're going to be able to outscore them. I think this is like a 30-24 type of game, and that does hit the under. Uh, the under which the the line is at fifty six and a half. I was very very like cautious about this under because I could easily see it going over. But yeah, I think the Falcons win this game. I. I I totally, totally get why you're saying Lions. Falcons won last week on, you know, kind of a, but they dominated the, the Vikings for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I'd say kind and, of a, they yeah, beat yeah, the they, shit but, out but of But the what Vikings. I was going to say, what I was going to say is like that, the the boost that you get from firing your coach, apparently that's a real thing. I never believed it until this week, until this year, where it's just been so obvious that terrible fucking football teams get good all of a sudden because they fired their coach. I don't get it, but whatever. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm betting on the Falcons to continue this against the Lions, which I think regardless of if they would have fired their coach or not, I would have been saying this is a close game. So, yeah, I'm going to take the Falcons in this one. Yeah, I uh, won't contest it too much. I got the Lions solely on the fact that the, the Falcons are riding a week one high. 
that uh, I say week one is in. This is the new Dan, non-Dan Quinn era. I love that. That's and great. That's, yeah, and that's, that's why good. I think they're just going to drop the ball this week and the Lions take care of business. All right. We don't have to talk too much about this. Bills go to New York to face the Jets. They're already in New York. They go to New York City to face the Jets. The Bills are favored by 13 points. That is a lot of points, 45 and a half. I will 100% say I don't know if I want to make this a lock, but the Bills are going to win this game. They're going to win this game handily. Shit. Actually, you know, I would You said you don't want to lock it? I wouldn't have a problem locking this because I've said, I, I said it last week, and I'll say it right now, the Bills had a two-game skid where like they faced really tough opponents. That does not mean they're not a good football team. I do think they faced the best two teams in the AFC at this point, and the Bills might be the third or fourth best team in the AFC. So it's just one of those situations where they're in a bad spot. I think the Bills crush the Jets. I think this is like a 30-3 to type of game. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, yeah, I'm, I agree. I'd be I'm fine willing, with I'm it. willing to lock this because the Bills, yes, two-game skid. They are ready to get going. They're ready to get Josh Allen back in the groove of things. We just got burned by a late touchdown last week. Do we want to lock this? Yes, I want to lock right, this because the Jets it. are prime rib dog shit. And that's <laughs> why I don't think they're competing for much of anything right now. I think the Bills' defense is man enough to give whatever Sam Darnold can sort of throw at them. I'm sorry to say the Bills are a better team in every aspect of this game, and they are also competing at the top level, I think the Bills are going to be a really good playoff team. Yes, look at the bad elements that went into the Chiefs game. And sure, the Chiefs are able to control the game and the clock and the way that everything went with that. Mm-hmm. Sure, it sucked. This is the Jets. Yeah. They're wanting Trevor Lawrence, man. They're not wanting this win against the Buffalo Bills. They're say it. Bad. Say it. You say it out loud. We got Dylan in the background. What do you want to say? They're a minus 13 right now. Yeah, that's, that's, what we what, that's what we and have we're right now. We're going to lock this spread. Right we're going to lock this spread. You get with that, Dylan? And it's hard to lock a thirteen point spread. I was laughing earlier because Dylan was just like, "Yes." Yeah. <laughs> like, it's hard to lock thirteen points. We lost the Ravens at the Eagles last week because of this thirteen point spread. Run it. Fuck it. All right. So next next game on the on the docket, Panthers go to New Orleans to face the Saints. The divisional matchup. The Saints are favored by seven and a half points. Uh, it's a 51 point over under. I think that's too many points in my opinion. So I'm taking I'm taking the Panthers to cover, but the Saints to win. Um, look, I think the Panthers could easily win this game. I understand they had a tough game against the the uh, Bears last week, which you know that is what it is. I still don't know what the fucking Bears are. Maybe they're good. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe um, they're good. It's one of those things. Like they're they've only lost one game this year. I mean, but they're on their second quarterback, and Foles is so wishy washy. Uh, I think I think this is just one of those games where where I look at the Panthers as a team that they can they'll keep it within a touchdown. I do believe that. I think the the line is a little bit farther off than it should be. So for that reason, I'll take the Panthers to cover, Saints to win. Yeah, I have Saints to win, Panthers to oh, cover. Yeah, I mean, you agree, and okay. I, I I do agree. And the over is at fifty one points, and I think the over is going to hit. I'm not willing to lock this because the reason that I do my picks, and I've said it before, my picks versus the spread. If I have one team oh, winning, one team covering. Yeah. You'll lock it? No, I won't lock it. Yeah, no, I, exactly. I absolutely agree Because with like you, yeah. you said, I could easily see the Panthers winning this game. I don't know what's up with Michael Thomas. I don't know what's up with his discipline right now with getting in a fight with um, Gardner John- Chancey Gardner-Johnson on the other. I fucked up. My bad. Chancey Gardner-Johnson. Uh, but Sean Payton <laughs> is a disciplinary coach, and he's going to take action where he feels needed. So, and for some reason, he felt the need to take it against the Slant King. So so do we – I actually thought that was just kind of like a publicity kind of thing. And I could be wrong because I didn't really research at all. But, like, my first thought, and really my only thought because I didn't look into it beyond this, was that, like, that was just something they were saying because he still wasn't 100%, and they just wanted to, like – they want to say, I could be totally wrong. Do you think that's that's the case, or am I just I th- crazy? I think it's one of those things where they put it out to the media, and they're yeah. showing that Michael Thomas, get your shit straight, because he is 
he is invaluable to this offense because we've seen the way that Drew Brees runs this team and his under five yards per attempt without Michael Thomas on the field. So, yes, Michael Thomas, they need you. But don't go punching players. (laughs) Don't go back-talking coaches. I mean, it's just like, come on now, man. you got to be able to balance the diva in you. I don't know. I'm wearing a Randy Moss jersey. Fuck it. Fuck it. (laughs) All right. So we agree on that, but we're not going to lock it. Moving on, Packers go up to Texas to play the Texans. Uh, The Packers are favored by three and a half points. That is not enough points, in my opinion. I don't care that they lost to the Bucs. I'm pretty, pretty confident the Packers win by more than four points against the Texans. Maybe you disagree. I'd love to hear what you think. I, I, I think the Packers. I think the Packers are a better football team. You know, I don't. Down. I don't disagree. I think the Packers. After the one thing you don't want to do is piss off Aaron Rodgers. The Texans do not have the defensive weapons to piss off Aaron Rodgers like the Buccaneers did. Mm-hmm. Aaron Rodgers is going to come out on a warpath here. They are giving the Packers three and a half points. That is almost a coin flip kind of game right there. I mean, if it was seven and a half, not touching it because yeah. of Deshaun Watson. But at the end of the day, the Packers defense is still alive. They're still there, yeah. and the Packers are coming out, and they're going to win this game. Yeah. I'm unlocking it. I, I'm fine with that. I would like it a little bit more at three, but I'm perfectly comfortable at uh, at three and a half as well. So I agree. We're locking this game. I'm glad we got two in early because we Damn, were struggling last we week with our locks. I'm glad you let me get the game of the week here because we always alternate it right yeah. here. I get to announce the Pittsburgh Steelers undefeated going to take on the Tennessee Titans undefeated. And here's the crazy part. Titans at home. Steelers are a two-point favorite. That's weird to me. 52-point spread. I have the Titans winning. I have the Titans covering, of course, because this is a coin flip spread. I have the under on 52 points just because I think this is going to be a defensive-led, grinded-out kind of battle. And there we go. I'm curious to see what you think. Yeah, no, I I absolutely agree. I'm actually going to look up who the Steelers have beaten this year uh, because off the top of my head, they... Oh, you're going to do that thing where you think the Steelers haven't beaten anybody? Steelers are a good team. Look, I do think they're a good team. And last week, they absolutely dominated the Browns. But but coming into last week, I remember thinking, man, who have they beaten, right? Like, that that was kind of my thought process. And I could be wrong. That's why I'm looking it up. I got it up here. They beat the Eagles in a game where the Eagles actually came out, came up uh, and made it look close. Listen, looking at the guys you're Right. They beat the they beat the Broncos in a game where the Broncos were on the uh, were in the red zone and could have won that game with the backup. Uh, they beat the Giants where that was another game on Monday <laughs> night where like it it was closer than it should have been. The, so, and, uh, the NFC East is playing against me. <laughs> yeah. So look, I'm not. I, I do think the Steelers are good, and that's not like the storyline I'm trying to put out there. And you know, I could do the same thing with the Titans. The Titans have you know struggled early on in the season. They they played the Jaguars down to the wire. But, yeah, I, I think the Titans are the better football team. I think the Titans have, uh, I think, you know, matchup-wise, you, you look at the Steelers, they, they do have a great defensive line. But, you know, the Titans have a really good offensive line, so I think that kind of is a little bit of a wash. Titans have a good pass attack. The Steelers are struggling with their corners. They have a lot of older corners that, that just don't have the speed down the field. So I question that and then flip it over. You know, I, I believe in the Titans' defense enough to be able to, to game plan and scheme to, to keep the Steelers in check. I do think this is a coin flip game, so I, I don't hate the spread, but I am taking the, the Titans to win this game. Real quick, we got to talk about the absence of Taylor Lewan for the year. That's a big injury. one. That's a huge one. And the absence of Devin Bush on the defensive side of the ball at yep. linebacker. Uh, Pittsburgh defensive line, Cam Hayward, TJ Watt, and who's Bud Dupree. Mm-hmm. I mean, they are a monstrosity to deal with. It's, it's going to be really hard for the Titans to balance this out. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have a really good run defense, so Derrick Henry... We're going to have to look to Ryan Tannehill to win this game. Yeah. And it's one of those things well, we where we talked I say, about it. We believe in it. Because I'm rooting for the Titans in this game. Yeah. Devin Bush is one of the best coverage linebackers. Minka Fitzpatrick, still healthy, and he's going to be back there coming off of a pick six performance. Mm-hmm. And when he gets hot, 
your boy gets hot. Yeah. I'm I don't like talking about Mickey Fitzpatrick. I can't, I can't about blame you. You shouldn't want to talk about him. I don't want to talk about him. Because you should have paid the man. <laughs> so it's like you said, coin flip game. We have two major absences at a left tackle and a middle linebacker position. I don't know which team's going to come out on top of this. I really don't. It's going to be a good game. It'll be a really good game. If the Steelers win this game, I'm not going to say you're going to be shocked. Of course. But, but you know, we, we were both leaning Titans. Uh, 52 over under. We disagree on that. I'm taking the over. I think this is going to be like a 30-33 type of game. Where are you at with that? Uh, I, I see the under just because I see the I see the teams so much hype going into this. Mm-hmm. I just kind of see it being the, one of those like going into halftime at 14 to like 10 14 to 10. Okay, I can see and, that. And, you know, that kind of sets a script. Not saying the offenses are bad, just the way that the game played out. You know, clock possession gotcha. kind of thing. But we'll kick it over to two teams that kind of need to kick it up a notch. One yeah. team trending down, one t- uh, team trending up. Cleveland Browns trending down. I was going to say, which ones? Which the, Bengals are tr- the Bengals are trending up today yeah. just because of the way that they're able to use their offense. Yeah. And the way that the Browns are trending down is the way that this kicks to me. I have the Browns winning. I have the Browns covering the spread. This is a three-and-a-half-point favorite for the Browns. Kind of surprised. I I think it's not enough. Do you, I mean, are you, do you disagree? A, what do you mean? I think the Browns should be fair by more points. Of course, because yeah. the Browns are coming off of, yes, a lackluster performance in their last week game. But Yeah, they got crushed by the Steelers. Okay. Know, I mean, what can this you is the Bengals. The Steelers are an undefeated team, and it's yeah. the, the, the Bengals. Yeah, don't yeah. put them on that same level. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. I mean, I, look, I, the Bengals, look, they, they competed very well against the Colts and were in that game till the end. Great. And I think the Bengals are, like you said, trending up. So I, I do agree with you. But the Browns are, are still a really good football team. The Browns, I, I do think, win this game pretty handily. I think this is like a, a twenty-eight to ten, or excuse me, a twenty-eight to to seventeen type of game. And and I do think the Browns win it. I, I think they just they have more offensive firepower than the than the Bengals are ever going to be able to stop. And they have a defense that can keep up with the, with the Bengals and, and get enough stops yeah. to win this game. In my opinion, I'm still fighting for Baker. I yep. think Baker's going to come out. And if there is a week that Baker should be able to do what he should with the Browns' offensive weapons, it's against the Bengals, okay? I mean, they they are all over the place on their defense. They have a lot of key injuries at their defensive position, and Baker Baker Mayfield should be able to capitalize on this. I hope. I don't know. Yeah. No. Look, I, I said it. I said earlier in this pod that I wanted to see what the what the Browns could do as far as like or what Baker could do if he could get like you know five or six games in a row of really good quarterback They're play. Four and two. Let's I would really believe on. in. Yeah. No. I, that's what I'm saying is if he could get five or six games in a row of really good quarterback play, I would really start to believe in him moving forward as the franchise savior type of guy that that we wanted him to be when he was originally drafted. Well, his next five games are Bengals, Raiders, Texans, Eagles. Eagles, Jacks. That can happen. Hey, take out the Raiders, and I mean, and the Raiders kind of, you never know. Yeah, you never know. And then they play the Titans after that, and we'll see what the Titans are at that point. Then it gets a little tougher with the Titans and Ravens, but I mean, look, not not super intimidating as far as the next five games. I'll say so, it, Browns, Browns have the potential to make the playoffs right now. Absolutely. Because also, we're comparing that seventh seed to where your Miami Dolphins are competing for that right now. Yeah. So, I mean, if we'll see the Miami Dolphins are competing for it, <laughs> the Browns are definitely in that same mention. Hey, hey, my Miami Dolphins are competing for a division. Oh, All right, God. I need you to shut up. Go them. on to the All next All right, pick. we're competing for a division. No, I'm just kidding. All right, let's move on to the Hawks and Cardinals. Uh, the Cardinals host the, the the Seahawks, and the Seahawks are only favored by three and a half points in this game, which I think is a little ridiculous. the Seahawks are favored by three and a half. The, yeah, yeah, I was saying the Seahawks are only favored by three and a half points in this game. This is a 56 and a half uh, point over under, which is a lot of points. Uh, I am taking the under. I think the Seahawks win this game. I think the Seahawks win this game outright and pretty pretty easily. As far as like, I, I think they're gonna. 
I think they're going to dominate. I think this is one of those games where, you know, maybe the Cardinals are able to stay in it for two and a half quarters. But at the end of the day, Russell to, to DK is going to be, you know, unstoppable at a certain point. And I, I think there's not enough defense for the Cardinals, who are, you know, we forget, but the Cardinals are in in year two of their three-year rebuild, right? Their defense is not there. They lost Chandler Jones. There's, there's some pieces that are missing on that defensive side of the ball. Yes, the te- the Cowboys weren't able to take advantage of it, but the Seahawks will be able to. I think three and a half points is not enough, in my opinion. I, I'm taking the Hawks, and I think it is. Uh, I'm pretty confident in this in this uh, cover as well. Yeah, I, I have the Seahawks as well. I have the I have the Hawks on the spread, and I have the under going at 45 points. I I think this is. I want to bring it back to last night's game with the Cardinals and Cowboys. This is not the Dallas Cowboys that Jerry Jones paid and Jerry Jones was able to line up on the field. Mm -hmm. We have no Dak Prescott. We have a Travis Frederick, who was the best center in the league, that left the game last year. He retired. Zach Martin went down and had to have a rookie replace him. Zach Martin was the only only lineman that was expected to start in 2020, and he's the one that goes down. That's the key lineman that we're used to. Tyron Smith is out for the year. This is not the Cowboys. Cowboys that we have grown to know. That's exactly what I was going to say. This is one of those things where, like, you know, week three, week four, I was kind of, like, saying, I mean, this this Cowboys offensive line isn't great. Yeah. And now we're at the point where it's like, yeah, this Cowboys offensive line isn't good. Um, And it's okay to say that. Zeke, you're having having a ball security issue right now. Serious issue. Red Rocky, Andy Dalton, you're not really getting the ball to your playmakers as you wish. That offensive line, like I said, defense is abysmal for the Cowboys. You're not really looking like the Dallas Cowboys. That's why I say that. Yeah. And so I'll I'm flip not it to the other side with the Cardinals. Kyler, I was watching you because I'm one of your guys who's on the other side of the fence, the one not kind of not rooting against you just because. And it's been a take that I've not. You're, you're not rooting against him, but you don't believe in him. I, really. Exactly, I'm not okay. rooting. Yeah, against I just want to clarify. Yeah, thank you for doing that. But at one point in the game, you were six for sixteen, man. And until until Zeke had two fumbles, that game was zero to zero, and Zeke yeah. had two fumbles, which you were able to capitalize. Had a, had a great fantasy game because of two rushing touchdowns, but really, as a as a quarterback in the NFL, it wasn't impressive. I'll say it. Yeah. I'll argue it. I know you're not the one to argue it for me. I know there are a lot of Kyler Murray lovers out there saying that he's one of one. This guy is a different breed. This guy's built different. Man, that guy's built five nine, and he's really fast. He can run <laughs> a really good read option. I, but if you get up on the guy. It's going to be a struggle. He is a very good quarterback. I'm not going to put myself as in the bottom 15 of the league. This guy is promising. He is going in the right direction, and that offense is going good. But for this, don't put him up with the Seahawks. It's not on the same don't level. Don't do that. Not yeah, on the exactly. same level. Exactly. And, and I'll leave it at that. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I, I want to like kind of argue with you a little bit against Kyler, but I'm not going to because I get exactly where you're coming from, and I and I I really can't Christian argue Kirk, in the sense that like touchdown bailed him out, and yeah, DeAndre and Hopkins really, 55 yard really touchdown bailed him I out. I mean, let, let's be honest. That, that I didn't see the DeAndre Hopkins ones, but I, but I was watching for the Christian Kirk one. That shouldn't have been a catch. Christian Kirk had an amazing, like, like fingernail grab that was out. Like, it was a little bit out in front of him, which, granted, you know, that's an NFL throw and it happens. But, yeah, I, I absolutely agree. The past four weeks have not been impressive for Kyler. The first two weeks were absolutely on fire. I was feeling really good about my Kyler take. And now, you know, going into week seven, I'm not feeling that good about it. So, I want to argue with you just because I do believe in Kyler as a quarterback moving forward. But I, I can't. I mean, you're absolutely right. You're you're seeing what I'm seeing on the field. And not it's, saying it's, it's not wrong. terrible. I'm saying it's not that good. every time the guy stubs his toe or trips up that I'm sitting there like, ah, got you. <laughs> you know, he, he has a lot of good promise. He has yeah. a lot of good playmaker abilities that you want to see. He has the fight to win the game. And that's gonna that's gonna play a factor later on. But right now, let me let me let me make the statement because I don't think you'll hate this, but but Dylan over here is in the background. I'm actually kind of curious what he'll say to this. 
it is really fucking frustrating to see Kyler go down the second anyone's within five yards of him. Am I crazy? Like, I get that he's a he's a shorter guy, that he's he's injury prone, <laughs> he's trying to protect himself. But like, I want a little bit more toughness. Like, like Lamar Jackson doesn't do that shit, and I, I get think, it. I get it. I know why. I totally get why. But am I a hater for saying that? Yes, because I'll argue in saying that the guy is five nine, borderline five ten. Protect your body, save yourself. You have you a agree? body. You have a That's body fair. style right. as to where you were able to run the read option. I, I get, get out it. of bounds. I save your it. body. No, I'm not saying don't save your body. I'm saying like literally there was a play where he was about to take a sack and he goes to the ground and it was like two seconds before anybody was. Let him was, go to the was, ground. And it was two seconds. Two seconds in the NFL is a long time during a play. <laughs> it was two seconds before someone was there to go down. You're actually down now. It's like <laughs> you said. I get it's it. Here. It's year two out of three. <laughs> why the, am I defending I love Kyler? The flip. I love the flip. Fuck, why am I defending Kyler? We're going to move this on to the 49ers facing the New England right. Patriots. I we, we disagree on this game. The Patriots are a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Yep. And I'm going to have the Patriots. I have the Patriots covering, and I have the under at 45 points set just because I think you can't best Bill Belichick. I think a lot of COVID you news had Bill to go – that, that's alliteration right there. Yeah, no, Bill it was really Belichick. good. It was and good. I did a good job you at can't that. best Bill Belichick. Fuck I like you. it. No, I like it. It was good. I just I had Damn to like play it again. you. You can't best Bill Belichick whenever it comes to the COVID news. Cam Newton only was able to practice one time that week. Yes, the Broncos' defense, it's kind of underwhelming right now with injuries. They are still alive and well. Drew Locke was able to come out and throw the ball. COVID really put that game into perspective for me and let me know how much it takes for teams to get prepared for these games, including a guy like Bill Belichick and the way that he's able to coach his team. He wasn't able to do that this week. Yeah, That still goes into effect this week with the 49ers, but I think he's able to get back on track. Yeah, It is worth noting that at least the Tuesday practice, I know I don't know, obviously, moving on through this week, but Tuesday practice was all virtual. So so yeah. there's still some issues there with, with COVID. I'm, I'm, I don't know the full story just because I didn't research it going into this pod, but but there are still some issues. I, I am taking the 49ers to win this game. I think I would take it even if there weren't COVID issues, um, but I, I do think the 49ers, you know, look, they, they were able to beat the Rams last week. They are still a good football team. Garoppolo looked healthy last week, which I think is the biggest thing because he was not healthy against the Dolphins. Looked good last week. Looked good enough last week. Um, I, I think the 49ers are one of those teams where, look, yeah, Mostert goes down he has a high ankle sprain he's not playing for the next couple weeks you know I, i'm not worried about that uh mckinnon will come in and he'll be the lead back and it'll be fine their defense is getting better every single week regardless of all the injuries that, they, yeah. that they've endured their offense is getting healthy we're actually really close to the point where debo samuels is back to the old debo samuel we saw at the end of last season and brandon Ayuk is getting more and more involved in this offense i think the 49ers are going in the right direction i think they beat the the patriots outright and i'm, I'm taking them to obviously uh, it's plus two, two and a half, so I'll take them for the spread as well. Kick it on to the next one. All right. Chiefs-Broncos, uh, I'm. it's a 10-point uh, spread for the Chiefs, which makes sense. I mean, you can't hate on that. The Chiefs are obviously the better football team. 48-point over-under. I'm taking the Chiefs to win this. I do think the Broncos cover. I think uh, Drew, Drew Locke looked really fucking good last week. He really did against the Patriots. And granted, you know, there was a lot of issues with the Patriots, so maybe that, went, that was a big part of it, but... He was he was throwing the ball well. He looked great in the pocket. I think Drew Locke is is the big uh, missing piece for this Broncos team that looked terrible without him. So I'm taking the Broncos to cover the spread, not win the game outright, but I do think that they will have enough to cover the spread against the Chiefs team that has kept teams a little bit closer over the past what four or five weeks than maybe we would have expected. Uh, I think that's probably fair to say. So I'm, I'm taking the Broncos to win this yeah, game. Yeah, and, and the reason you say the, the Chiefs, Chiefs have, to win this game, Broncos the Chiefs have kept teams close is why uh, I have the Chiefs winning. 
and I have the Chiefs covering my 10 points. I think they are due for one of these absolutely insane breakout games where they're going to hit the 40-point line and the Broncos are going to be able to struggle under the 17-point spread. I don't know. I, I think Tyreek Hill, he had five fantasy points last week. He had three catches of like 25 yards. Man, he's due. The elements kept him in check this past week. Give it that they're in favor this week going against the Broncos and A.J. Bouye. Mm-hmm. Man, that's that's a wrap, man. Give me the Chiefs. I know it's hard to lock a 10-point thing, and we're not locking it, of course, but for yeah. me, myself, and I, I'm going to do that. I think the Chiefs are taking yeah, care of look, business. Yeah, I went back and looked at their schedule, and like, man, maybe I'm overstating that because, look, they lost the Raiders, which was a tough game. But really, I mean, they beat the they beat the Patriots by sixteen. They beat the Ravens they by, had by a fourteen. Really tough schedule. They 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 beat the Chargers in overtime by three. Okay, that was a close one. But they beat the Texans by fourteen. So you're right. I mean, they can easily win this game by well, yeah. They beat the the Bills by nine. They're about to light up I get the NFL when they go on a schedule of the Broncos, the Jets, the Panthers. Yeah, those are the next three games, and the Run Raiders it. after that. They're they're not going to lose to the Raiders twice. I guarantee. Fucking team. Run it. Yeah, no, that that'll be a good one. I, I man, I, I don't know. I, I'm kind of on the fence now. That's fine. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with the Broncos you to can cover. Change it if you want. But it is what it is. I'll move it over to one of the most surprising lines of the week for me. It is the Jacksonville Jaguars taking on the Los Angeles Chargers. I don't know if this has to do with jet lag or travel influences or whatever. Whatever the case may be, the Chargers are a seven and a half point favorite. The line is set at 48 points. I have the Chargers winning this game. I have the Jags definitely covering. I don't know about the Jags traveling all the way over to the West Coast and whatever the deal may be with that. I have the over at 49.5 points, yes. But 7.5 point favorite for the Justin Herbert-led Chargers sounds very bold right now. So this is the way I see this this going out just because the Chargers have done this pretty much every single week. They they've come out to a big lead early and then and then and let teams it. get back into it, right? Of course. I think this is the week where they they get out to a big team early, Eric big lead early. And the Jaguars are not a football team that are going to be able to come back. So I am taking the Chargers to win and cover seven and a half points. I don't feel comfortable about it. I totally, totally understand Jaguars covering, you know, basically eight points. So so I get where you're coming from. I could totally see it. I'm taking the Chargers to cover in a game I'm not super confident in. I get that. Give me Minshew garbage time, and that's the whole reason that yep. I did that. DJ Sean totally get that. for a breakout. James Robinson, you never know how they can control the game. Your turn. All right, let's go Bucks Raiders. All right, and this is this is a good game because the Raiders have shown up for big moments. They beat the Chiefs, and this is this and is Sunday off night. Of a bye week. Yeah, this is Sunday night coming off a of bye week, going up. Or you know, uh, they're they're uh, the home team here, so the Bucks are going to uh, Las Vegas to play the Raiders. They are favored by just three points, fifty three and a half over under. I'm taking the Bix, the Bucks to win this game and the Bucks to cover. <laughs> Write you it said down. Bix. I did say Bix. All right, I'm taking the Bucks to win this game. Bucks to cover. I do think this is going to be an under only because I think the Bucks are going to win this bus by the you know midpoint of the third quarter and it's just kind of garbage time. Uh, Bucks thirty three, char- uh, Raiders seven. I think that's kind of the way this game goes. I think it's going to be a very underwhelming Sunday night football game. Sounds like you're willing to lock it. I'm not willing to lock it because of the way that the Raiders had that performance against the Chiefs. Underwhelming Chiefs performance. Raiders did a really good job of controlling the clock and getting Josh Jacobs going late in the game. Yeah, but the Bucks. They kind of turned a switch against the Packers right there. They came out, and if their defense is able to play at that same level, that's Super Bowl caliber Buccaneers defense that you want to see. Yeah. Now, looking at the offensive side of the ball, you have they a did. lot of injuries going on. Yeah. 
they got Gronkowski involved early on, which was something we haven't seen all year. Yeah. I still think the Raiders are going to keep it close. I have the Buccaneers winning, though. And then it is worth noting the Bucks did lose Vita Vea, and they ended up trading for uh, one, of, one of the, uh, I think, second-string defensive uh, tackle. Actually, he might not be second-string, but defensive tackle for the Jets that I had personally never heard of. So so they, they tried to fill up that gap there. But that's a huge loss losing Vita Vea in the, in the middle of that uh, defensive line. Either way, yeah, I, I get what you're saying. I, I do, but three points. Is it three points or three and a half points? Let me double check. Yeah, it's three and a half. Uh, three po- yeah, three, three and a half. No, it's straight, straight at three points. Three points uh, for the Bucks. I feel if, confident. If you want to do it, I'm willing to do it. Yeah, I, I'm willing to lock this just because, look, I, I understand. They beat the Saints, but the Saints were without Michael Thomas and weren't looking very good that time, and we saw what they were. You know they what? They struggled against the Bills. You've convinced me on less than seven words. Run it. Run it. Let's let's it's lock right, it. We're locking it. I think we can lock the Buccaneers. I think they are really hitting that next stride to where they're going to show that this they is Tom Brady and they're the, ready to go. They, they crushed the, uh, the, the Packers. Packers last week. Packers are they always like due to get man. fucked up once, though. They are. This feels like the the uh, the lock where we're going to be totally wrong. The Bucks when or the Raiders won this game outright. Then why are we locking it? Do you want to give it a chance to second guess it? So here's my thing. I I didn't mention this, but I was thinking. Dylan, I'm, would you lock this game? I'm totally fine. Would I'm, you lock a Buccaneers three point favorite over the Raiders? He's thinking. He's thinking. He said no. He wouldn't do it. See, let me ask you this because I would. I didn't bring it up at the time, yeah. but I would be totally fine locking the Hawks to cover three and a half over the Cardinals. I feel even probably better about that. I feel like the only problem I have with that one is that the 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 Hawks sometimes play down to their opponents, and we've seen that happen because yeah. I don't know what to look at in my even when five Vikings do. because I'm holding to the fact that it's like, yeah, man, we played the Seahawks down to the last second of that game. Is that a Seahawks trait? Or I is think, that a Vikings I, I, credit? Well, look, I, I called. I, I feel like I called that game because of the defensive line, or, or for because of the lack of defensive line for the the Seahawks versus yeah. that that run game. Getting, the Cardinals don't have a run game face. right now. That, okay. That's my that's my big problem. At least not at least for the running back position. They, they're really not able to run the ball, so I'm not very much worried about that weakness for the Hawks being being yeah. uh, you know uh, used or, or being you know. So I'm, I'm going to play it safe. I'll sound like a bitch. Take away the Raiders Bucks lock. Okay, so we're taking take, away that. Take away because of the fact that the Raiders are coming off of a bye week. They're coming off of a Kansas City Chiefs victory. They I mean, the hype should be through the roof right here. And if we see a win, if we see the streak continue, it's right here against the Buccaneers. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, we could be wrong, but at the end of the day, we're not gonna lock that because that's one of the things that we're willing to put our own money on. Yeah. And I will send it to our last matchup of the week in the Chicago Bears, the Los Angeles Rams. Rams are a five and a half point favorite, and that's very bold and saying because the Bears are five and one, four yeah. and one, whatever the case may be. It's five and one. Yeah. Forty-five and a half uh, point line. I have the Rams winning. I have the Bears covering, and I have the over. Just because I think this is one of the games where I don't think the Rams are that good. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Bears are that much worse than the Rams. If that kind of puts this in this whole scale of mediocrity. Gotcha. No, I, I absolutely agree with that. I think the Rams are a good football team, but they really all they've done is beat the the NFC East, the the Cardinals, exactly. or, or, not I mean, the Cardinals, the the uh, Cowboys, Eagles, uh, Washington, and, and Giants. So and where like, do you put that at the end? Of- yeah, at the end of the day, I don't know how much uh, belief to really give that. Uh, Bears are a team that have surprised me every single week. Their defense is legit. Their defense is so so fucking good. They will be able to keep the Rams in check because the Rams offense, look, it, it's not it's not. 
as you know surprising. It's they know what to expect. I'll put it that way. Like it's a good offense. It's a very good offense. I'll put it, but it's, at least we know what to expect from a scheme perspective. And the Bears are going to be able to to cover that. I feel like um, I, I do think the Bears are going to lose this game, but I think they're going to. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I agree with you. I think the Bears are going to cover. And I originally had the Rams covering five and a half, but I'm, I'm going to take. I'm going to agree with you, and I do think the Bears will cover. Well, I think it's going to be a three point game. I'll put it that yeah, way. That's yeah, that's fine. So so you you convinced me a little bit. Uh, last thing I'm going to do. Can I talk you into locking the Hawks over the cards for three and a half? Oh man! You can say no. We have two. It's not the end of the world. I would. I would lock that. I feel confident in that one. One to ten. How confident? I. I, I feel. I if feel. You're eight, eight or above. Okay. Eight, I feel eight and a half. I said it. All right. Okay. We're gonna lock it. All right. So we have three locks. We're taking the Bills to cover thirteen points against the Jets, which is a huge cover. But I believe in it. We are taking the Packers to cover three and a half points against the Texans, which again I feel pretty confident about. And then the Hawks to cover three and a half points against the Cardinals. All I feel like are very good bets. Those are the games that I would target this week, and we do have a sixty-six point six percent correct rate. It's we, above yeah, average. Yeah, it's way above average. It's actually really, really good. Uh, look, we we took a bath last week. It wasn't good, but that means we're just due this week. So it, exactly. it'll be all right. Uh, anywhere else you want to go with this? That's it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week. Peace out, guys. Seven. <laughs>